What's up, everybody? It is Feel Good Friday, January 28th, 2022. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat had to jump on a plane to head to Kansas City for Friday night SmackDown tonight at 8 p.m. on Fox. And then the Royal Rumble in St. Louis tomorrow night at 8 p.m. But we've still got a great show. Ian Rappaport, Darius Butler, and AJ Hawk all join Pat to discuss conference championship weekend, who they like, who they don't like, a couple of new GM and coaching hires in the NFL, and everything else we need to know heading into this weekend. Plus, golf phenom Akshay Bhatia joins the show to chat about his first big win on the Corn Ferry Tour and what's next. It's a good one. Let's get into it. Beautiful people, it is Feel Good Friday, January 28th, 2022. The Royal Rumbles tomorrow, championship game Sunday. Let's have a day. Yeah! Uh, so thankful you can join us here at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. You are the best humans on earth. We appreciate you so much. There's a lot to talk about today. We have a first time guest, Akshay Bhatia. Yes. Whoa. Okay. And yes. a 19 year old golfer that we chatted about, I think a week ago or two weeks ago. I'm not 100% sure. Topicalness of Akshay Bhatia has passed, mm-hmm. but this is a guy that we are going to be talking about for probably the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. The 19-year-old golfer that went on the Corn Ferry Tour and won the Bahamas Super Extravagant Expo. Yep. Yes. Yep. Great Exum. Great. Something. Grand Exum. Grand, grand Exum. Yep. Yeah, Grand Exum. Classic. Dude's a stud. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Has his caddy is his girlfriend, but she wasn't always his girlfriend. She was just a random lady on Instagram that he sent a DM to while he was in Texas in meeting of a caddy for the the weekend's tournament. Graduated high school when he was 17. Wow. Uh, became, uh, tried to become a professional golfer immediately upon happening. This dude's unbelievable at golf. And... He's a Callaway golfer. Oh, <laughs> smart man. Part of the team. Part mm-hmm. of the family. Smart. Welcome. I think he's probably welcoming me. He's probably been a Callaway family longer. Well, no, you've been a Callaway well, guy. You've been your a whole Callaway life. guy, yeah. No, I have not. <laughs> I, have not. <laughs> I have not, actually, but. Oh, so I'm pretty sure one of the clubs in your back was. Has been? Yeah. Yeah, since the game. Might have been Taylor made too, and we all know how that whole thing uh, yeah. goes. Anyways, Akshay Bhatti is here. Hey, baby! Yay! He'll be here in about 25 minutes or so. Ian Rappaport will join us in the second hour to chit-chat about all the news that is happening around the NFL. There are some stories becoming much clearer in some places. Josh McDaniels looks like he's going to be the Raiders head coach. Ooh. Did not know that was going to happen or expect that to happen, especially just a couple years after Josh McDaniels turns his plane around mid-flight over to Indianapolis to announce him being a head coach, and everybody just assumed that Kraft and Belichick and everybody said, why don't you just come on back home? I will pay you some money. You'll be the next head coach here. Everybody assumed that was kind of the arranged marriage between Josh McDaniels and the Patriots. Now I guess things are very heating up for him to be the Las Vegas Raiders' next head coach. All of the assistants that Bill Belichick has had that have gone on to be head coaches, including Josh McDaniels whenever he was with the Broncos, have not had much success. No. I mean, it is not great at all. Winning percentage for all of them, 41%. Think about that. Not good. Not great. That's a lot. There's seven of them that have been assistants that have come from the Bill Belichick tree. This is via Josh Dubo's tweet at Josh Dubo AP. 
Okay. Oh. There you go. Oh, holy Trust shit. It. Holy shit. Associated dude. press. Yeah, he's, he's part of the press that is pretty, associated with each other. That's yeah, right. Pretty, wow. Pretty. And they have a lot of power, the Associated Press. Oh, a oh ton. Yeah. I believe they also got photographers. They got their own line of photographers. Uh-huh. You bet. Hey, Josh Dubo don't fuck around. No. Took an AP class. So whenever he, yeah, for sure. A lot of AP classes. Right? A lot of them. Yeah. To get into the AP. Okay. Actually, a part of the AP interview process is going back to see if you were in AP classes because you were right. an AP person from the beginning. Okay. If you get into the AP, this is a fucking different level of yeah. press. Wow. That's right. the associated one. Mm-hmm. So Josh Dubo was the one who put the tweet out and said, Bill Belichick, seven Patriots assistants, Josh McDaniels, Romeo Cornell, uh, Eric Mangini, Bill O'Brien, Matty Patricia, Brian Flores, and Joe Judge have a combined win percentage of 41 in five playoff berths in 27 seasons as head coaches. O'Brien had four of them uh, whenever he was down there in Houston. Mangini had one when he was at Cleveland. That's crazy to even think about. I thought that was just a massive failure. Was it there or was it somewhere else? Jets? Jets, maybe? I thought it was Cleveland, and that was the only... playoff birthday had and then they got joe thomas the next year oh okay well anyways whatever the case that whole coaching tree stinks and we don't know why none of it makes sense to me you would assume if you were around the greatest of all time both general manager and head coach osmosis would funnel through and you would at least soak up a little bit of goodness but i think what happens is every coach that leaves the patriot way Uh, goes to another place and tries to implement their version of the Patriot way. But the problem with them implementing their Patriot way is they don't have the resume of the fucking Patriot way and they don't have success early. So it's hard to continue to be a dickhead, hard ass, this is how you win. I've seen it in New England coach. If you lose, it's just a tough thing to do. Teams and players and even your assistant coaches and equipment managers and trainers, everybody's like, hey, pal, we'll continue to live this miserable life as long as you win. But if you lose, there is other ways to do this. We have experience and we ain't doing it anymore. And that, I believe, has been the problem with the coaches that have left New England and gone elsewhere. I understand that they've seen how success is, but that's after 20-some years of building that culture i'd assume bill belichick was a little different Mm -hmm. his first couple years as a head coach than the culture is now whenever he was trying to implement it maybe he came in and was just an immediate hard ass to everybody in that whole thing but he's also a brainiac so they're probably Mm -hmm. winning games and there's probably a lot of hope if you come in you're a hard ass and you stink you're going to lose the entire facility for whatever reason the belichick tree has been very fruitless whenever it comes to other head coaches around the nfl but maybe McDaniels with another attempt out there in the Raiders with Derek Carr at quarterback for at least another year. It's being reported that Josh McDaniels is, I think, a fan of Derek Carr. And then some GM that they're thinking about bringing in is also a fan of Derek Carr. Richie Basaccia, hell of a run. Yes. Yes. Good run. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Richie. Richie Basaccia, the Paisan uh, interim head coach after the email scandal with the Washington football team being investigated by the NFL led to John Gruden. That's right. <laughs> Get chicken. See you, John. It was like, how many, how many 670,000? How yeah, many yeah, 570? 600,000. Seven, whatever. There was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of emails that were not seen. But we did see John Gruden's. We don't know if those were standard emails from John Gruden, his worst emails. We don't know if that's just every single day. Whatever the case, saying terrible things that you should not say or call people or even referencing conversation just because we have learned at this point of life that there are people that lives get completely flipped upside down whenever some words are said. And 
You, I just think we live in a much different time that's understanding of people's happiness and whatever makes them happy, let's do it. Anyways, Gruden, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Richard Passaccia now is ready to go. They had guys in jail right now, I think, currently oh, yeah. for uh, intoxicated um, drive that was going 170 miles an hour yeah, or something like driving. Say, reckless yeah. driving. And ended up killing somebody, I yeah, think. Yeah, man. 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 That happened yeah. in the most season. Good player. Another guy had guns in, 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 in his Twitter store, his Instagram yeah. story, yep. and was threatening to kill. I mean, there was, and they got cut. And then Mayock was like, what am I doing? I, I mean, I wasn't allowed to do anything when Grodin was here. And now everybody's just saying I'm a lame duck guy. So absolute nightmare of a situation over there in that team was able to persevere and get wins. And I'm not saying it's 100% because of Richie Passaccia, but goddamn, he had to do something over there. Yeah. He's now being looked at for maybe special teams coordinator for the Bears. I'm like, well, maybe Richie Passaccia, what, what is going on here? He took a car crash, put the whole thing back together and got that car into a race. And then now it's maybe he'll uh, interview over there in Chicago for special teams coordinator. I'm like, hey, Passaccia, hey, how's your family? We hope Mark Davis at least gives you a little... Yeah. Here's an envelope, you know, yeah. a little yeah, wedding, cool. you know, and maybe a funeral, maybe mm-hmm. a birthday, sure. you know, whatever. Bring the envelope. That's uh-huh. what I hope Mark Davis does because he deserves it. But McDaniel's heading over there one day after, allegedly, one day after Eberflus was announced as Chicago Bears head coach and allegedly uh, Pep Hamilton of the Houston Texans, formerly of the uh, D.C. Defenders, Defenders yep. and also the Indianapolis Colts and Stanford, and I believe the Chargers last Chargers. year. Mm-hmm. He's interviewing, I think, for the offense coordinator yeah. up there in Chicago. Eberflus is kind of piecing together his team. Hopefully the Chicago Bears get it figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, Byron uh, Leftwich is the head, next head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think it's been officially announced yet because there was allegedly a standoff between Byron and Khan and Khan, Khan Mayor Balky, mm-hmm. who, for whatever reason, has not one over Jacksonville yeah. for whatever reason <laughs> he is all. not. Byron Leftwich said he would like Adrian Wilson, who has been uh, with the Cardinals for the last seven years in the scouting department, former player as well, to be the general manager and kick Balky out of there. How will that play out? If there's a former player at GM and a former player at coach, obviously all eyes will be on that from the coaching, uh, from the media world, yeah. from all the other players' world. Hope they have nothing but incredible success. Congrats to them. Then you look out at the Denver Broncos situation. A highly coveted job because that team was fucking good. Mm-hmm. They were good. Yeah. Defense. Defense. Like, top five defense yeah. or something like that. A lot of weapons. And they lose Von Miller. Yeah. yeah. Von Miller, in the, they trade him away in the middle of the season. Von Miller, obviously, closing games for the Rams, still has a lot left in the tank, an absolute stud. They get rid of Von Miller somehow in the middle of that season and they get better on the defensive side of the ball. Nothing makes sense to anybody about anything anymore. Hey, I'm not getting into it. Well, you could. <laughs> about time somebody hears it bro this is a lot of people i'm seeing just driving alone with mass i'm like (laughs) am i missing something i I don't know what i'm missing in our world in my sphere in the world that i live in which is you know very much i got my blinders on Mm -hmm. that's right i mean there's i mean britney future mahomes yes right current team britney by the way team britney Kind of interesting, interesting, sure interesting. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, interesting yeah. spin on that. She she was just, and this is just one incident. And I'm not, and by incident, I'm saying example, not incident, because I don't think it was an incident. She was celebrating with all Kansas City, like just all 
and they were all jumping. Everybody was jumping on top. Give me more champagne. I think mm-hmm. everybody underneath was there. there it, that stadium was completely filled. Right now, they're saying in Los Angeles, uh, the Niners and the Rams, StubHub is saying yes. that this is on track to be their best selling playoff game. At, what the fuck does that mean? Okay. Uh, Sam Farmer, StubHub says that the 49ers Rams is on track to be the number one best selling playoff game oh. in the site's history. What does Take, that mean? Because Ticketmaster blocked all the. You know, purchases from San Francisco fans for that day, so they probably all went to StubHub. Yeah, but they, that was the secondary market, right? And the yeah, secondary yeah. market always existed. Is that what they're saying, that San Francisco is buying more tickets? Is that why the secondary market is so hot? And is that their number one best-selling playoff game? Because doesn't every playoff game sell out? What the fuck? I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess it would be the secondary markets. That means a lot of Niners fans. Are, anyways, there's look at that picture of all those people just standing on top of each other. I'm in an arena every Friday. Mm-hmm. Packed people. A lot of people. And then... There is people right now, and by the way, I need to learn more. Okay, I need to learn more, obviously. I need to understand why this is happening. But it's happening more than it has happened in the last year. I'm seeing a lot of people just double masked up in their cars driving down the street all by themselves. I'm very – we are in two very different worlds right now. And I didn't even know, I don't think. I don't even think I knew that. What is going – are we going back? We can't go back. No, we're not. We can't go back. No, they're trying to do that in Canada right now, and they're goddamn shutting down the country because everybody's, you know, rallying to Ottawa, I guess, to protest Trudeau. And now Trudeau apparently is falling back to the shadows. But you don't need to learn more. CDC just came out and actually said natural immunity has, you know, has has more benefits than, you know, some of the other – Listen, I don't know about any of this. (laughs) I'm not saying this. I am just doing a stat that from myself. Every Friday, and now Friday and Saturday, for the last nine, ten months. Now, I get—I don't know how long it's been. Maybe eight months? 2020 eight, March. Yeah. Probably I mean, eight months, yeah. probably. Packed arenas. Just people, what, 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 in their car, all by them. I don't understand what, who... Who's am I? No, because we're not going back. Who's oh. what's going on? We're not going back. I, I think it would be wild to think that after the Super Bowl, they're like, all right, we got the Super Bowl done. Now everyone just go back in your house. We're not doing. Is that going to happen? I don't think so. Not, I don't. Th- not here. It's not. I. I'm. T- I have never seen. I am getting to the. Uh, this morning, I'm driving in a little snowy here. I'm seeing more and more. So people are driving in the snow. It's very. Well, but, the governor here, by the way, I guess oh. had no idea snow was coming. I mean, what I are mean, we? It's not even wet snow. Up. I mean, geez, Louise, pal. What are we? He needs more research on marijuana before he can get in there. Well, how, here's some more research. When it's 20 degrees and snow's coming, it's probably not going to be great for the roads. Maybe get, get the plaza. Get a truck on the road. Yeah. That's not his. I mean, he's got bigger fish to fry, obviously, more research to do that. But I'm telling you, I see, I've been seeing people on a very regular basis with it. I'm like, I must be wrong. Am I, am I going to die? I, like, what, what are they doing? What, what am I? What is everybody? I'm, what is going on? Stat that you're not going to die. Stat that. We don't know. Stat that is on every team. That's right. Stat that people are dumb. Statistically, the air vents. Stat though. that you might be the one that's dumb. Stat that I am dumb. Stat, Stat that, that so am I. Stat that why are people driving with masks on? Stat that they might be also dumb. Dumb. Like Stat us. That. Stat that. Stat that. Everyone anyway, nothing dumb. makes sense anymore. No. Yes. Okay, nothing makes sense anymore. But the coaching hiring process should be absolutely glorious to watch. We'll have Ian Rappaport on in about an hour to break down more of that. At Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor, who is obviously knee-deep in information. Yes. Always. I mean, it really sounds like that. Hey, whatever the CDC says, because they're, the, you know, they're the NFL of these you know, exactly. disease control centers. But at know. one point, the CDC... Well the CDC, right, was we were on the odds with the CDC. That was, yeah, I thought back. that was who. 
the World Health Organization. Well, no, now also well, them. them too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, from what I, this is just idiot looking in from the outside. I've heard that we're out on all these people. And nah, it's like, trust well, who's, the CDC. Well, then misinformation's on this program, but nobody else is given any, right? No, but on any people, of the other programs? No, no. The people who disagree with us as far as driving with masks on are the ones who are listening to the CDC the closest, typically. But when I go into a place, let's say I walk, uh, let's say I walk into a place in uh, California. Okay. And it says masks are required, or masks are recommended or something. Strongly recommended uh, unless you're fully vaccinated or something. Okay. So if you're fully vaccinated, it clearly says on the sign that is put on the thing to protect. And then you walk in there and everybody has masks on and I'm fully vaccinated and I'm like, the sign literally just told us not. So all you people aren't vaccinated. So are you? No, they're just. So you're not vaccinated, everybody in here. And should I? Should I no. have? Should I put them? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But it is crazy. The different. It's it's almost like it's getting even worse too. How is that even happening? Like how? Yeah, we need Kornacki on this one. Well, yeah, we do need a little Kornacki. Yeah. Uh-huh. But these people yeah. in their car, you know, they, they said that the air conditioning potentially created a different variant of Omicron mm-hmm. and Delta. And guess what? Old 19 hopped in the fucking, right in the spark, yep. right in the spark plug, mm-hmm. you know, and fucking cooked up through there and comes right through the air conditioning. So make Damn. sure you wear it by yourself in your car with the windows up. When you can barely see out because yeah. of how bad the snow is to begin with. <laughs> I mean, make sure you do that. Well, and I drive a Ford, and the, a Fords are known to be COVID-proof as well. Throw that in a stat that. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, no. I, I seen a Ford this morning. I seen a Ford this morning. Not that Ford, dude. Damn. <laughs> Anyways, what is going on with the world? We can't go back. I can't. We, we ain't can't going go back. back. We don't have enough time. You're right. What is, what is that mean? What? To live? To, uh... No, to, to, to dive into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you have all the answers. Let's move on. I will dive into it with you and Connor at off air one we time. Know. Well, I don't know, we know Connor, exactly I don't know how right Connor was. Well, well nobody does. Right. I mean, nobody. Of course, Connor isn't right. I mean, That's what I'm talking The problem, about? right, is you can kind of just say whatever you want when it comes to it. Hey, CDC. <laughs> hey, what? I ain't what saying it. We did just fact check Connor a little bit. We went to the CDC website. And nowhere does it say what he said. Someone said it on the internet. So, <laughs> so that's the problem. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, and someone also said on the internet, you know, if you drive with a mask on, you're definitely, your chances of getting COVID decreased by 82%. Stat that. So they did the exact same thing you just did. Yes. Right? But you're on the other side. They're on that yeah, side. Yeah, I'm trying to flip the goddamn narrative, Pat. I'm sick of this shit. Well, that's, that, well, that's the problem. <laughs> right? That's the problem. The science yeah. is always well, changing. Changing. We are making progress yeah. here. I All right, me too. Resistance. Yeah. Well, yeah. Chase, I don't know about that. I don't know what he said. Well, I, I thought he said citizens arrest because I'm about to do that, dude. When I, to yourself, I mean, because, yeah. What is I'll happening? bring myself in. Anyways, congratulations, you did a great job, but you you brought us to a great point. That does seem to be the problem, right? And I don't know how it gets fixed. <laughs> I don't either. I, don't I think we're well past that. Dude, I, I, don't, I don't invest enough time into all of it because mm-hmm. the people that do, they got to be miserable because I don't know if there's anybody that wins. I mean, potentially Connor. Yeah, you know, no, no. Might have sucked. Might have, yeah, I was about to say, I might have dragged a couple of the boys in here. But, I don't, but it's been alarming how many people I have seen. It, and I have a pretty good drive home every day. And it's basically the same exact um, – 
you know, it's the same exact. Well, I guess it's changed now because they just shut down a fucking road out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. I mean, what happened? When's that? When's be that? Done? What is this guy doing? <laughs> Come on, he needs more research. Huh? I on, need more research that. too. I mean, how is this all happening? But I drive home basically the same way, same path. See a lot of cars every single time, mm-hmm. and it had not been as much. Lately, it's been like the last six, seven days. I think driving in here, it's just been nothing but all by themselves. And I'm like, holy shit, am I missing a memo? Like what? How is that going? And then I hop on a plane, I fly to a arena and there is 15,000 people on top of me screaming. It's like, what is, uh-huh. what is the world? Yeah. Well, what the world is, it seems like is potentially people reading stuff that kind of fills their thing and then boom, hammer it home. Bang. Yeah. I'm a better person than you are. Boom. No, you aren't. You're an idiot. Bang. I'm much safer than you though. You're killing people. Boom. We're all killing people. Bang. That's it. I mean, uh-huh. it's, oh, yeah. And it's just a never-ending cycle? Well, Pretty I, much. Yeah, I just feel bad yeah, for people. Here's to it. Hey, here's yeah. to it. Here's to Cheers. it. Huh? Feel good Friday to everybody out there fighting a good fight. I just want to let you know, from my stat that research, a lot of masks on. Yeah. People yeah. all by themselves. You can't yeah. go back. I feel oh, bad for the cloth. Oh, well, that is a whole other story, I guess, right? <laughs> I mean, that's... What? I was wearing that gator. I mean, you know, for a bit back in the day. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I was wearing a gator for a little bit back in the day. I guess I was just... Worst human of oh, all time. Breathing yeah. it in no, not even breathing it out. out. I was just yeah. spitting it yeah. on you. I'm like, oh my nice god, job. I'm so sorry. We didn't know that. And then the N95 came and went. Mm-hmm. The what? N95. You don't exactly. That's that's the, the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> you ever worked N95. on a construction site? <laughs> you ever fucking paint anything, pal? Boston mm-hmm. sand and gravel? No, huh? no, not often. You ever think about let... getting your fingers dirty a little bit? No, I just let the asbestos get into my lungs, and I think that's what's carried me this far <laughs> into COVID. Dark. Are we sure these people aren't? Their faces just aren't cold. And they're just wearing masks to keep their faces warm. I mean, maybe they were choosing to use those hospital-looking masks Uh as a thermal, yeah. Yeah. Heat's broke. Don't need a scarf. Give me the blue little thin thing. Yeah. So used to it at this point. Like, man, last winter wasn't this bad because we had those masks on. I will say going forward, we'll know exactly how masks are supposed to be worn. Like 10, 15 years from now, I'm in a hospital. Yeah. And some nurse that has just kind of forgotten about the whole COVID thing comes bebopping in with the the mask below the nose. Excuse me. Jesus Fucking Christ. Cover the nose. Huh? That's where it's all coming. What are you doing, lady? I was watching Bronny James play basketball with that thing as a chain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. I think that's just for swag. It doesn't look cool. Well, I think it was they had to wear them. Mm-hmm. And they said, you got it. Yeah. And just put that son bitch on radar. Yeah. Oh, I told the boys the other day, if I had to wear one in high school playing sports, I would have fucking moved states. What I had said that the other day. What would you say, coach, to your dad? Coach, we need to pick up and get out of here. <laughs> you see what they're trying to do to my face out here? It's unbelievable. Probably would have been with it. Who, coach? Yeah. I honestly maybe put him in the back of that H1. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're right, uh-huh. Ken. Let's go. go I Ohio. All right, Tom, we get two miles a gallon on this thing. <laughs> yeah. We'll drive straight down to Texas for you, pal. What a life. Yeah, exactly. Those are the states that really need to carry this baton forward because now all my stuff's getting back-checked, and I can't spin any narratives these days. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, Jesus, all right, Texas, Ohio, it's up to you now. These Good days. Luck. I can't spin any <laughs> yeah. narratives these days. Ridiculous. You're a terrible guy. Why, why don't you stop spinning narratives? I'm not trying to spin narratives. I'm just reading something on the Internet. Boom, that's gospel. And I'm not going to double-check it. I'll let someone else do it way later. And what you were just doing there, obviously, was a great 
theatrical work of what yes. is wrong with the world. Yeah. Yeah. Misinformation yeah. on this program. No, no, whole no, no. We're, we're, that. That. we're not the only one, but I would like to let everybody, please go fact check every motherfucking program uh-huh. in the history of programs. Now. Now. Stat that really started that back checking, really. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where this whole entire, oh, it's pretty fun to just say whatever you want and then no one have to double check you. For instance, here's a good stat that. The Cincinnati Bengals are the first team since the inception of indoor yep. practice facilities to make it to the conference championship of their said conference without an indoor practice facility. Wow. Stat that. Stat that. Congratulations. That's real. Congrats, Bengals. Four-season state, too. This isn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't like a warm state. This is a four-season yeah. state. Oh, Those boys have the grit. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that Bengals squad, we talked to McPherson earlier this week. They have so much confidence, moxie, and swag. So much. I, Evan McPherson said he was eyeballing Adam Vinatieri's record as soon as he got in. That motherfucker's a rookie. Yeah. And he yeah. just he kicks through a 52-yard field goal and says, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship. Then Joe Burrow, after winning the wild card, says, ah, this isn't really that big of a deal. This isn't what we actually want. It's like, ah, Lee. And then Jamar Chase and Burrow are talking shit to each other on the field in these biggest moments in the mic'd up situations we're hearing. And then Uzama has become like a national name just balling out there. And Boyd and Higgins. And then you got Mixon in the backfield who is just an absolute guy whenever yeah. they need him to be. And on the defensive side, they just fight through whatever. They yeah. get injuries. They get anything. Their D-line's banged up. They're playing against Derrick Henry. Who cares? We're going to fly around and and I, I really like that Bengals team. Now, mm-hmm. I don't like the way the teams run, okay? And for yeah. the good of the team, the fans, and everything like that, I will continue to bang that drum. And there's a lot of people now saying, oh, don't get on the Bengals um, uh, wagon now, you, you bandwagon fan or whatever. It's like, well, just to be clear, nobody was a fan of the Bengals before nope. you guys just got back in here. Yeah. I would like to let everybody know, outside of Cincinnati, I don't think there's a lot of people saying, you know what team am I going to pick? Oh, the Bengals. I'm like the Bengals. Because the Bengals were, I mean, they were successful there for a while with Andy Dalton. Never really won, ever. But they did have 10 win seasons, so it was a lot of fun. But they were a team that didn't want to be liked, I don't think. I think they played heels, actually. Whenever they had Pac-Man and they had Perfect uh, uh, in there. And that defense was a bunch of dogs. I don't think they gave a fuck if anybody liked them. Now the team is like... One of the most lovable squads out there. They Zach Taylor is this coach that we thought was an inept coach. Yeah. Thought he had no idea what he was doing. Oh, this guy had a cup of coffee with McVeigh. Of course he gets hired as a head coach. Of course. This guy's got no clue what he's doing. They fucking stink. Now all of a sudden, he's handing out game balls at bars around yeah. town. They're in the AFC fucking championship game. He needs to be in conversation for like, oh, this guy can coach, but it's going to take a little bit to build your culture. Just like whenever somebody gets hired for a head coaching position now, and we say this is a bad hire, and in year one they're terrible, we state that, hey, we said he was going to be bad, so it gets loud and loud and loud and loud. But by year three, year four, maybe they have their entire culture set in. It feels like that's what Zach Taylor's got over there. And – I mean, they're getting three and a half going over there to Kansas City. Seven, seven and, and a half. half. No, no, I'm sorry. Three and a half is on the other side of the board. Yeah. They're getting seven oh, yeah. and a half. It was at seven, I think. And then it yeah. bumped up to seven and a half, which, by the way, that hook is beautiful. Massive. Now, the Chiefs can just boat race a team. Sure. Yeah. They absolutely can. I mean, they've proven that. They've proven that their offense is all the way back with what they did against the Bills and were able to do whenever it was crunch time and we need one, we got one, they have to get a stop. They can't get a stop. Why? Because we're the fucking Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, at seven and a half, that game, 
looks pretty juicy for Cincinnati. There has to be something we're missing, Tone. Why is it at seven and a half? And why is a championship game more than a touchdown score spread? I, I, I think that feels like a setup. That feels this feels like a setup. Like we should hammer the Bengals. Mm-hmm. It feels like in this particular case, that feels like a setup. We would be the only ones. I think seventy percent of the tickets and money are on the uh, the Chiefs. I believe at Fanduel. Um, I think it's because what? the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs wrong. is the Chiefs. Uh, I think that's the thinking here. Even though they just played a few weeks ago and the Bengals ended up winning, uh, the offenses definitely in this matchup have the advantage on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think it's, the total is like fifty-five. It's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of points uh, when the Chiefs have played good quarterbacks this year. They have not been great, so I think I'm gonna lean with the uh, seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half is a lot of points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, shout out to Louisiana. Louisiana gets shout a better goal. Hey, Fanduel is now legal in Louisiana. Congratulations, down there in the bayou. Here we go. I have no idea how many fans we have in Louisiana. I have no, no. clue. I actually thought about that whenever we got a heads up. A good bit, maybe. I'm yeah. not 100% sure. Well, we we found out from Fanduel. Hey, Fanduel is about to be legal in Louisiana. We don't know when. We don't know the exacts. And then somebody tweeted out that it was oh, it's breaking Friday morning. It's happening or something like that. But with the way the regulators are and the way these states roll out, it is a massive question mark on when the dates are going to be. Louisiana coming on board right before championship weekend. Fucking let's go down there. Congrats. I, would, I was just looking at uh, my bets for this weekend. And do you think the Chiefs and the Bengals will each score a touchdown in each half? Yeah. It's only minus 128. Right hey, that's so not bad. There we go. That's not bad there. Can you explain minus 128 to people? That is you have to bet $128 to win $100 or $12.80 to win $10. That's what we call the juice there. You see. If it's mm-hmm. plus 100, minus 100, you bet 100, you win 100. You bet 10, you win 10. That's just that's the juice. It's kind of how the books make their money. And the lower the minus, the worse the odds for Correct. you. Which means it is a favorable thing to happen. The m- bigger the minus, the more favorable it probably is Most to happen. happen. So you're going to have to invest more to make more because Fandle knows that that's potentially going to happen as well. Yeah. So that is the ju- the juice is the uh, handicapping in golf. The juice is the yeah. leveling the playing field between the sports book and the gambler. And shout out to Fandle being legalized down there in Louisiana. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I know the seven and a half seems awesome for the Bengals, but there's no way you can get me to bet against the Chiefs. No way. I'll say this is. Is this another theatrical yeah. performance? No, it's not a theatrical <laughs> performance. This is I am absolutely slamming the Chiefs because the Bills are a very good football team and somehow they found a way to win. I'm not saying the Bengals aren't, but the Bengals definitely had the easier path, I would say, with the Titans and the in the Raiders. That's just yeah. that's just how I feel. These guys I think, are in the AFC Champions. Absolutely. These guys are in the fucking, they won the AFC North. Yeah, against the Raiders with, you know, or they won the AFC North against them, but their first round was against the Raiders and okay. Coach Richie, which, hell of a, hell of a team, but it's still the Raiders. Okay. And then, you know, the Titans, good team also, wow. but it was their first time playing with all their superstars since uh, Halloween. They were kind of a little bit of a get back game almost. And Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Hardman Pringle. They can score whenever they want. Mahomes. Yeah, I'm thinking Maybe I'm up in the air then. Maybe, you, I, maybe I am not just... You think the Chiefs are going to win the football game? Oh, yeah, good call here. So Tone Diggs brought into our life a stat this morning that in champion, uh, championship games, the last 40 of them, 37 out of 40 of them, those who won also covered. Whoa. That's like 92.5% quick math. Yeah. It was a stat that Tone Diggs found. So whoever you like to win, 
hashtag stat that says that they're going to cover as well in the championship weekend. Now, there has been three times in the last 40 right. that they have not. Mm-hmm. So it could potentially happen. But whoever you like in championship games, high percentage, 92.5% says that they will also cover. Now is a man from Ohio uh, who has never had a concussion in his entire life, although he is the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, one of the most storied franchises in the history of the NFL. He's a college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Clear connection. Thought you were trying to give me the old Steven treatment again. You're going to try oh, to act like you can't hear me? Oh, God, yeah. Unmute him. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, man. What a moment. That that video has done very well on the internet. Yeah. Has it really? Yeah, that video has done very well on the internet. Yeah, and Steven did not deserve that. You know, Steven no. did not deserve that. But, I mean, if I say hello to you and then you ask me if I can hear you, it's like you haven't said anything yet, but I assume we can. It's a, it's just some things are for us. They have to be. But I, what I don't love is in the middle of it, you going, oh, you're bullying Steve. You basically. Like, <laughs> you didn't say that. Yeah, you did. I said, I feel bad. I felt bad for him for a second when he said, come on, don't do this to me. That was like, <laughs> That's when I felt bad. No, no. I think he said that because going into that, you said to him, oh, you're bullying this guy. Yeah. Oh, you hate this no, guy. And I never said, used the term bullying. I never yeah, said bullying. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Check the tape, buddy. Check a lot of tape. people using that term. Who else? Time. I, mean, I never know what Diggs. I don't know what he's. You always act like you don't know what I'm talking about, or I'm trying to bring up something toxic. I feel like everything Diggs says, like I'm curious as to what level toxic it is. I will say you and Tone are very similar in the words per toxicity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the words that are coming out are alluding to something toxic. Tone's a little bit lower than you because there is some hashtag stat that, that. that comes out of Tone Diggs' mouth because he is the one on the computer yeah. in this room checking some stuff and fact-checking things for us live. But, yeah, he will allude to some stuff that isn't necessarily the most you know, conversatable stuff. I mean, that happens on a, a very regular basis. And we, yeah, conversatable. Mine, at least, always deals with sports. Stat that. I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about some actual sports news here, AJ, on this Feel Good Friday. Uh, Hackett obviously got hired yesterday for the Broncos. There is now video that has surfaced from his interview with the Broncos, and he's explaining what he's going to be like, what the team's going to be like. It's a fascinating little inside look at what the head coaching process and interview is like. you got to remember, this is only a couple days after they just lose in a terrible fashion at home after being the number one seed in the NFC. So for Nathaniel Hackett to be able to flip the switch, get into there and say, I've always had a dream of being a head coach. I had success. And then lay out his vision. Fascinating look. I assume they had to get his okay to record this and release this, but this is what Broncos fans got a chance to see this morning and I think are very, very excited about. I'll be excited to hear your take on Nathaniel Hackett because I think you know him, right, AJ? I do not know him. I just know him through the guys at the Packers that love him. Me too. Here's an actual look at him getting interviewed for the Broncos head coaching job released by the Broncos social media department. My bedrock of leadership is number one most important thing is communication. I overemphasize and stress out communication nonstop. Um, energy is something you're always going to find for me as a leader. I'm always going to have energy, always going to bring the juice, just simply because I love it. I love what I do for a living, and it's a lot of fun if you let it be fun. And ingenuity, uh, I like that word also. And it really is because I always want to innovate. I know that this game is ever changing. And I know that there's always problems you have to solve. There's always things that you have to do. To do. So I look at kind of those three things, and that's kind of who I am. That's what you're getting. 
Okay, so that is what the Broncos social media department put out there. Uh, communication, juice, and uh, innovation, I believe is what he said. Oh, and yep. you got to remember, necessity is the mother of ingenuity oh, uh, because, you know, out of change, you have to change because of a situation. So that is why it all comes together. But Nathaniel Hackett seems to be giving answers that you would definitely want to hear. Uh, the camera angle is interesting. He did not know he was being recorded, I don't think. But You don't uh, think? Is it possible that was a Zoom? He looked like he was in person with them, but that was a Zoom for maybe people that weren't there in person so they could watch the interview and maybe participate? Oh, like John Elway's maybe Whoa. watching on from a Zoom. Or, or the ownership or a piece of the ownership that's up in the arm. I mean, who would not be in the, be able to be in the room, I wonder? Because... Uh, you know, People get people are COVID. You know, there might be some COVID people with issues that they can't come in person. Oh yeah, maybe somebody's having some symptoms. So they're like, hey, I'll just zoom in. You need to have this convo, but I would like to hear it. I don't want to miss this whole thing. You know, I, my favorite thing. Yeah, I know I'm cutting you up. My favorite thing he said is, "This game can be a lot of fun if you let it be fun." I was like, "That's amazing." He's so true. I, same. I used to say it all the time, like when things were just, you know, when you lose and things are going crazy and coaches are freaking out. My like, guys. Didn't we start playing football because it's fun? Like, that's what everyone here, that's why you started, I feel like. So let's at least try to make part of this thing fun. What are we doing? Yeah, an interesting mindset flipper is something that Chuck used to scream to everybody. You don't have to be here. Okay, you get to be here. And that is something that people like kind of forget about, I think, in the whole process. They kind of lose it because it is Groundhog's Day. There is a lot of bullshit you have to deal with on the day-to-day, especially now with the COVID stuff. It's all about a mentality and a mindset, being like, okay, I get to be here. I don't have to be here. I think that is a big thing for people. And I, I, I don't want to say that is what I live by, but... You won't see me doing a lot of shit that I don't find fun for a long time. But if, I, if I'm not having a good time, there's a good chance you're going to see me <laughs> want yeah. out of that for a long time. And it's almost like a decision maker for me or a decision breaker for me on how much fun it is. It's nice to hear it be put into words by somebody that is going into leadership, though. Like, I always just assumed, like, if I'm having fun, somebody else will be having fun. There has to be somebody that is enjoying this. But once I stop having fun, it's very obvious. Like, this is just from my own personal. It's very obvious. I can't fake this. I, if you're not having fun, by the way, you're not going to put any extra work. You're not going to bring energy to those meetings you're not going to be able to walk into conversations that maybe are uncomfortable but no you're going to be able to get through them because you have to like that's just an entire mentality thing that i think that i enjoy that he spotlighted just from my own personal experience i don't know him but i think that is something you do need to have if you're in a role that could have a lot of stress too i mean that's a fucking stressful job aj i'd say yeah it's it's one of the top when it comes to just like working in the the normal workforce i guess like the amount of people that are relying on every single decision you make in so many people's lives and jobs, not not lives like literally, but their their income, whether they have to move their families, like it all a lot of it relies on you. You're the guy, good or bad, that's going to uh, people are going to point to. So, I man, I hope he has success there because I know from I don't, like I said, I don't know him personally, but from everything I hear from people I respect, they love the dude and they think he's really really like he's a, he's one of those gurus too. At the same time, I didn't think he was going to be a bald guy. Really. I didn't think that what I I'd never Google this is a problem. This is becoming a problem. I hear about these people a lot. People talk about them, boom, 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 and I just automatically assume that I know them. But there is zero idea of what they look like, so I just kind of shape them in my mind. I did not see Nathaniel Hackett being a big bald white. 
I, I, yeah. did, I did not see that. I, I just fair. for whatever reason. He he's uh he was born and raised in the West Coast system, right? Yeah. Isn't that him? Yeah. His his dad, uh Paul Hackett, I think, coached with like Lombardi and like was one of the big West Coast system guys. He never got a head coaching job in the NFL, but he was the head coach at USC and like the uh the OC at Pitt for a while, so uh, he's he's like grown up with it, and I think that's one of the reasons him and Rogers got along so well. I think Aaron would explain situations about how you know when Big Mike was here, we used to run the seven blah blah blah. That was this, but then me and Nathaniel Hackett were able to speak the same language language because we grew up in the West Coast system, and everybody just assumes Aaron's going over there. Right, Jake? Yeah. Did you really? Really? Did you text him and say, "Hey, you going Broncos? You thinking about hopping on a pony? Huh? Is that is that yeah, what you?" I sent him. Yeah, I sent him a Broncos hat and some shoes that are the same nice. color as the Broncos. Damn. Why'd you do you that? that? So here you go, buddy. Get a jump start on your off-season workout and wow. your new gear. I thought you wanted him to be a Packer. Yeah. I do. I sent him actually – I sent him nine teams, different, nine different teams. I oh. sent him stuff. Okay, yeah. which teams? Let's go through the potential yeah. teams that could have Aaron <laughs> Rodgers by, by way of his best friend. If agent. he wants to, though, how does it happen, though? If he wants to go somewhere else, what has to happen? And we don't have to sit here and talk about everything Aaron's doing, but I'm, I'm curious. Well – People are going to get mad at us for talking about it, but he is a pretty big story, and he is a large portion of the conversation of the Broncos' new head coaching gig, and it's you know a big part of that whole thing. He says he's walking right in here, saying what he wants to do mm-hmm. right here. He said, "How does that work? I have no idea." How do but we? But before not- he does that, he's got to talk to the Packers. Well, and then he also has to potentially talk to the next team too, right? I mean, that yeah. that all yeah. has to happen before oh. they, he could be traded because the next oh. year started before any of the deals could. I mean, it is. It's a fascinating situation, and he's going to have to just wade the water. So he's going to have to swag and surf his way through that Do, thing. Does he ski? Or, is he a ski or snowboard fan, AJ? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe I don't know. Shit, he's help them, surfing, dude. Dude, yeah. he's yeah, he's maybe out there. Shaka bro, Hawaii, bro, jumping off well, the waterfall. Surf normally snowboard too. Well, Johnny Tsunami. He yeah. also knows he that he's the, the head of a program, and he shouldn't be maybe out there trying to break bones yeah. on the mountain. Yeah. It's going to be very hard for him to come in. ACLs, I mean, people get their fucking arms (laughs) broke, shoulders. Run into trees. Yeah, it's a lot of danger out there. Oh, I forgot about it. Especially now. What are you? What? Tony. I'm just saying, he's ahead of a program. Forgot about it. He's ahead of a franchise. Maybe another one. Stay off the slopes for a little bit. Get off the slopes. All right, baby, think about it. Both slopes, by the way, for Uh the people that are potentially still skiing out there with their noses. Fucking stay out of that. Yeah. Atlanta, we're talking to you. Yeah, we're talking to the entire city of Atlanta, by the way. Jeez Louise, you guys need what to put there? the skis you know. down. Put them down. I don't. What happened in Atlanta recently? No, this is just from two years ago when we went down there for a wedding and every human we saw out offered us cocaine yeah. and had it readily available in their pocket. Oh, yeah. And it made me obviously do a little reflection on myself. Like, oh, why is every human <laughs> in here offering me cocaine? That has to say something. You know, that has to be something. But after I got past the fact that natural high energy guy, people are going to think you're snoring everything in your nose, man, that's going to happen. Let's move on and, you know, just kind of do our thing. I'm trying to smoke my way to the clouds as opposed to climb the mountaintops like you guys are and try to never sleep. I mean, I don't know how you guys function whatever you do i've tried a couple times not my cup of tea but you do whatever you got to do so i got past that of them just automatically accusing me of being a snort hound you know what i mean a colombian bam bam sniffer i got past that whole thing because it did feel like maybe i'm projecting the wrong shit but i'm gonna always project this there ain't nothing i can do i got i got past that you know the obvious oh this might be a me problem here if every human in atlanta seems to have a sandwich bag filled (laughs) with cocaine on them at the time in the year which i thought cocaine was gone so after i got past it being a me problem which it clearly was 
but I was able to sleep and move on because I'm not. Well, you know, that's only happened in Atlanta. So I actually, it's definitely an Atlanta thing. Yeah, you're right. Because we've been to a lot of places. But I did think it was Atlanta's fault. Yeah. Afterwards, I was yeah, like, no, this is, a, this is, a, but they do it down there. And you, you got a lot of people rapping about it for a long time. I'm like, okay, so maybe Jeezy wasn't lying. Yeah, they weren't lying. You know I mean, T.I. was not lying at all down nope. there. I mean, these guys were telling the actual truth. And I think I seen their entire clientele at this one bar <laughs> because literally it was falling out. Pat! Which, by the way, shout out to everybody down in Atlanta that we got a chance to chat with that particular night. You won't remember it because all eyes were zombied <laughs> and they were doing their entire yeah. thing there. But, I mean, that shit, they were going in like coaches going for a challenge flag. <laughs> I mean, they were going into their pockets. Hey, Pat, you need a, ha! I got a little... And then, no, don't do that one. Try this one. I'm like, holy shit. Are we in 1964 right yeah. now? Where am I? And it's Jeezy's down, dude. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? BMF, dude. They never happened to me, man. No one's ever. Maybe I look like a cop. I don't know. No one's off me. Yeah. Look at your face, dude. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. I was a criminology major, so maybe see, that's part of it. Exactly. So maybe it is a compliment that everybody just come at me. There ain't no fucking way this guy's in with anybody. Huh. <laughs> we can time. be really comfortable with this guy. I appreciate that. I but then you'd be the best undercover guy there is, though. I actually watched uh, Undercover Locked Up Abroad has kind of adjusted. This guy, um, I forget his name. He's a big-time meth dealer nice. in Los Angeles. He was living his best life, meth dealer. He was getting high off his own supply, living a little reckless. Whoa. Sure. He gets arrested. He turns state. And they asked him to uh, penetrate the Vagos motorcycle gang. Whoa. And I guess the, uh, the Vagos motorcycle gang let this guy in because he could beat the shit out of people. He's a pretty good fighter, so he got in there. They were just moving all the trucks, I guess, and uh, killing people. And he snitched on every one of them. They got on TV and did a locked up abroad. I'm like, I feel like that's a bad idea. Yeah, bold move. I feel like that's, yeah, that's, that's, not a, that's not a good idea there to be doing that whole thing. But yeah, the whole undercover thing is interesting. Very, very interesting. How is, uh, how is Takashi 6 9 doing? Everyone act like he would be in trouble like he's fine haven't seen him you seen him i mean he was out with the milk boys for a while and steve will do it i know he's boys with him yeah and i think they were you know buying buying lambos and stuff for each other i assumed he would be dead though right yeah I mean, yeah I, I don't know i don't know like gang life that well except for like maybe what i've heard of and in, in that whole thing and conversations maybe with some people affiliated every once in a while, but not really. Like Mafia, I feel like I know a pretty good amount about yeah, the Mafia. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm not that I'm. Why, wait, why is that? Just because all the doc. It is very yeah, well documented how it works. Oh, I because of your, your background, your heritage. That's why I thought you well, figured you knew a lot. Well, well, certainly that helps. I mean, I've obviously interrupted some meetings that were happening in bathrooms at weddings before. I mean, that has happened. And, you know, just kind of move on, keep it going. How you doing? I didn't hear anything. I thought you didn't boppity boopity in that bathroom. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I might have actually, yeah. because of who was in that bathroom, they had a pretty good relationship. Nonetheless, who knows what that meeting was, who's, who knows who's connected to what, but I feel like I know that vein a lot better than the gang. I assume, though, I assumed he was dead, right, just from what I had always heard. Oh, yeah. And then he was, he was out there doing his thing. Like, this generation, yeah. man. He was not, <laughs> wait, what, Diggs? You know, our generation, generations before, he wouldn't be walking around. Like oh, my God, Tony. This dude has no idea. By the way, this what guy. What are you talking about? It, you, you don't think I grew up the same place you did? Yeah, a lot of people yeah, you're, snitch. You're 100% A lot right. of people snitch, though. But I'm just saying, in that particular world, we don't know anything about it. And that guy who did the uh, Vagos locked up abroad thing, he said, um, he said, there are two types of criminals in this world. Those who snitched and those who wish they snitched. And I was like, I don't know if that's accurate. I know. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure if I know if that's accurate, especially from the people that we uh, talk to. That's kind of like a, a badge of honor almost, actually. Yeah. Uh, you're going to do 150 years in jail, or you can tell on 
your one friend that did something. Man, give me the 150 fucking years, dude. Bury me under the jail. <laughs> They'll talk about this forever. Like that used to be the yeah. that used to be like the thing. And now it just I could see it like not wanting to go to jail. I was in there for 12 hours and I was trying to plan my escape, you know? So Did you take a dump while you're in there? No, the toilet was already broken, filled with shit already to be in So <laughs> I mean Did you ask for a plunger? Hey, can we fix this? And I said, Toilet's <laughs> broke. Like what are we and they just shot the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Shitter's full. I can't hear you. They threw in that uh, bologna sandwich, mm-hmm. those vanilla wafers, you know, and asked if I was okay. Yeah, I'm good. Toilet. Uh, all right. <laughs> Any condiments on a bologna sandwich? No. There's cheese. I think there's oh, American cheese. It's supposed to be That's cheese. No, it's supposed to be bologna, oh, okay. is what I was told. It's like, it's a fake meat. How yeah. can something. Not supposed good. to be a fake meat. What does that even mean? I think he was just trying to play a little mental warfare. Good news for you, pal. I already lost. I was in a glass cage <laughs> with a broken toilet <laughs> in there, thinking my career was over. And mentally, I was already defeated. So he could have just told me it was actually bologna. I think it would have made me feel a little better. Yeah. That sandwich has still not been eaten to this day. I don't know if they gave it to somebody else in there, but I did get jeans on my way out from somebody. I guess it's still in jail. I don't know what they did, but they were pretty fucked up. And they were big, they were size 40, because my pants were wet. What a wild existence. <laughs> Six nine, I think, is still alive though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How seems to be. He was making videos and stuff. I feel like music oh, yeah. videos on YouTube. And they were going too. I think. Uh, oh oh yeah. yeah, I think it's possible though that they're kind of just waiting for him to get comfortable. And it's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that situation. You're looking over your shoulder the rest of your life. His life, life is yeah. quite a oh, stressful yeah. thing. Honestly. Yeah, and I'm surprised AJ hasn't brought this up yet. But you don't think they've deep faked six nine and just sent him somewhere else where he'll never, you know, see another human again. And his clone is just see, walking around. See, that's what I'm talking about. This, this has been all what? day. I mean, all I'm day. just saying that's I a mean, possibility. Maybe, maybe it's possible. Maybe somebody who's joining us seems will have like an easy guy to clone. Yeah, yeah. With all the I, tattoos and everything. Well, I mean, exactly. you dye that hair, right? Yeah. Yep. Change that hair. Yep, cut it's, it off. It's a robot. You can tattoo a robot, AJ. I forget the number. There was some. I think like <laughs> I forget how many people are in witness protection now at this point. It's a lot of people, though. How easy is that? You just what? Get a little surgery on the face, change the face, get some hair, and you're done. Yeah. Boom. Sometimes you don't even have to change the face. You yeah, a lot of times they don't even do that. Yeah. Joining us now might be a man in witness protection has completely changed his life. Uh, how many? 19,000. 19,000 people. 19,000 people, yeah, just walking around. New names. Holy shit. Who knows? So we've, we've come in contact with him before. You just don't know it. For sure. For oh, sure. Yeah. Well, uh, none of them are in We had one around here, didn't we? I got a pretty good idea. I was an Italian guy, yeah. but He was not in. Uh, he was not in witness. Yeah, he was. He was, he was hiding. He was, he was hiding out he here was. in witness protection. Oh, what was his name? And then said he didn't want to be protected he anymore. He came on the show. He gave his name. Oh, okay. Nice. No, he's French, out in Chesney or Reverie, that guy, Michael? Yeah, there were some people that French were not exactly East. thrilled with us interviewing French him, East. by the way. Oh, yeah. Really? He's <laughs> all over the place. I see his videos everywhere. He's yeah. like, uh, Yeah, they're, they're saying he could be on other shows. I mean, uh, what are we even... Okay. <laughs> I am telling you. I'm just letting you know <laughs> that I... So who's allowed to come on, then? Who can you have on? Well, just can't have anybody. We can't have this. Martha Stewart. Chuck Tread lightly, AJ. AJ. I think you should think about potentially just backing off of this particular thing and moving on in the conversation. <laughs> So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions 
of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Joining us now, maybe a man in witness protection. Okay? Maybe. Not 100% sure. Probably. Sports insider for the NFL Network and NFL.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends, he being Rap Sheet Ian Rappaport. What's up, dude? You grew up over there in the... uh, in the Italian world, you had a lot of Italians around where you were. Uh, I grew up in Westchester, so uh, we have our fair share. Yes, yeah, our fair share. Okay, I mean the way he worded yeah. this. Not in Westchester. I mean, I, so I will tell you. Uh, well, yes, I have many friends of all different ethnicities. No, 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 it's true. No, uh, and I one time uh, I played baseball on a Yonkers Police Athletic League team, which is a city, Yonkers city in. Uh, in Westchester, what? and uh, Vincent the Chin Gigante's grandson was our first baseman. Oh, Hit bombs. Oh. How was the family? Pretty good. Yeah, they didn't show up to any games because it was there. There was a whole other thing going on. So. Yeah, but well, he was a very good player. He had he had a big stick. That's awesome. Well, uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us every single week this season. By the way, you've been fantastic. Thank you, thank you Red Chief. Yeah, I mean, there's been some bullshit you've tried to come out here and paint for people that have given you inside information. I feel like we have promptly said okay, which is good. This is a good dynamic. I don't remember it like that. Well, it was just last uh, week. Yeah, I, think. Yeah. I think it was just last week. It happened. happened. Yeah, and then two weeks before that. But whatever the case. You are a man with inside information and anonymous sources all over the place, and we appreciate you sharing your wealth of knowledge with us all season. Let's talk about some of these coaching situations brewing around the NFL. Is Byron Leftwich the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars or not? It's been like it's been confirmed, it's been done, but then Balky and Adrian Wilson. What is going on down there, and do you see that ending soon? Uh, Byron Leftwich is, as of right now, not the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Although, believe me, I've made many, many calls on this the last couple days. And when the internet was going crazy on, it was either Tuesday or Wednesday night. I can't remember. I was so frustrated because, like, you know, I thought I had a good chance. And I was like, I got scooped. And it was all over. And then no one would confirm it. And I'm like, I must suck. And then it just (laughs) wasn't true. And then you saw the stuff with Balky yesterday about maybe he was getting fired and they're bringing Adrian Wilson. They have not requested to speak to Adrian Wilson yet. They have not had contact, and Balky is still employed. And I don't get the sense. What? Unless something crazy happens, I don't get the sense that any Leftwich and the Jaguars are closing in on anything. So who would be the one spreading that misinformation that we ultimately then put onto our program? Because I would like to know who we should potentially hold the feet to the fire of. Do you think that's uh, the fans of the Jaguars? Do you think that's Leftwich's team? Who do you think is potentially leaking that information as an anonymous source to paint a narrative that makes them look better? I don't think Leftwich would do that, right? That doesn't sound like the right move. No, Leftwich would definitely not do that. And his people wouldn't either because, you know, if you're getting one of these jobs, it's so hard to get that getting someone to talk about you almost getting a job is like impossible because when you're about to get it, everyone pushes you to voicemail and stays quiet until it's like done, done. So that's why like the last step is always tough because no one wants to screw it up. So Leftwich was definitely not leaking that. Now, maybe people 
who are friends with him, who want something to happen, maybe. That, but I don't even think so. Like, I know Jaguars fans were all over it. They were all excited. And if he was the head coach, like, they should be excited. He's bright. He's young. He's a really good coordinator. Tom Brady loves him. Like, there would be a lot to like. It just hadn't happened yet. And, and they hate bulky, so. There is also, yeah, fans do not <laughs> seem to be, uh, fans do not seem to be that happy. Interestingly enough, uh, if I ever tweet about the Jaguars and then you go in my mentions, you will see many pictures of me with like a clown face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because one time I reported that Balky was staying and then a certain segment of fans thought that that meant I was for that. Uh, and then they all drew clown faces. On clown time, dude. Welcome to clown time, <laughs> pal. That's what it is while Balky's there. Go ahead, AJ. Sorry, bub. Ian, what about uh, Miami at the Dolphins? What's going on there with the, their coaching search? Uh, so that is next weekend that's really going to pick up. So they have three finalists now. It is Brian Dayball, uh, who may or may not get the Giants job over the next couple days. Uh, he is, I would say, a very strong candidate in New York along with Brian Flores. So if he doesn't get that job, then strong candidate with the Dolphins, I think there'll be a lot to like. He's been close with Stephen Ross in the past. He obviously coached Tua. A lot of mutual stuff there. Kellen Moore, also a uh, candidate, a finalist. Oh, he's the same the Miami Dolphins. as Tua. Whoa. Yeah? Yeah. What do I want and, to do with me? Well, that's what I would want to do with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the last one is Mike McDaniel oh, yeah. with the San Francisco 49ers, the sort of internet sensation um, who's hilarious <laughs> and that's very good. young but very, very yeah, smart. Those are the three finalists. Um, all on the offensive side of the ball. So they got a good defensive staff, potentially could keep them. And I think next week that happens. The Giants is still a desirable job for everybody. They said that, the, you know, Debo, Flores, and everybody are finalists. They're making that decision soon, we'd assume. And is that, like, if Debo gets offered Miami and the Giants, he's automatically going to the Giants, as everybody's thought? Or will there be a time where Debo maybe goes, thank you for the offer, I would like to hear others, like in Shark Tank? Is that something that could happen in this coaching cycle? Or is it normally as soon as you get offered, you take it? Uh, not necessarily, because it could get pretty real you know, I would say within maybe from now until Saturday afternoon, because let's like the Dolphins plan on interviewing three finalists next week. Let's say the Giants offer Dayball tomorrow morning, right? Does he then call the Dolphins and go, "Hey, look, I know you want to interview me and a bunch of other people, but like, if you don't hire me, I'm going to take this job." He has a very good agent, Bob Lamont. Those agents Fucking know how to Bob. do leverage. Yeah. Uh, it's going to get really interesting to see if the Giants' decision on their head coach ends up speeding up what the Dolphins want to do. Sounds like Bob Vermont is definitely a guy that you text every once in a while, so we'll be uh, you know, keen on watching at Rap Sheet's Twitter account to see where I mean, Dayball... I text him all the time. Does he respond? Not always. Oh. Let's talk about people responding to you while you're live on air. Why are you swearing on people's show for, dude? You fucking pig, I didn't dude. swear. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah did. You, did. you did. No, whoa. No, you guys know I have never swore on your show. And if I'm going to swear on any show, <laughs> it's going to be your show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, you got an FCC violation oh, for those poor guys. Shoot. Huh? I said, oh, shoot. So it saw. sounds like the other word, but it's spelled differently. Is that a natural reaction to say, oh, shoot? Like, there's people out there that say, like, stinking and fudging. And I'm like, oh, I can't take you serious because you are clearly wanting to say fucking right there. And you are choosing not to. Like, is, oh, shoot, your natural, oh, my God, reaction? It is, it is now because of two reasons. One, uh, much like yourself, I'm on television frequently. And I don't want to be the guy swearing on TV. So I have trained myself to not curse publicly. And also, I have two boys, seven and eight. And I really don't like it when people swear in front of kids. 
and I swear a lot when I'm not in front of kids. So got it. Generally, either in front of them or in public, I will say things like "Oh shoot" or some other version rather than what I would really like to say. Now you're a good guy. Hey, hey, nice done, job, Rashi. Nice job, Rashi. I would also say, you know, that yesterday was my mistake because generally I will have good tweets ready to go for when you get the text. I hadn't had a tweet prepared, so I had to hang up and then get a good tweet ready and then fire it. So that was like kind of a not great planning by me. Don't you guys just copy and paste, though? <laughs> it's not always like that because sometimes it's like just the team name or something. Or sometimes it'll be like, go. And you're like, go where? You know, so like sometimes you need a little more. Very frustrating. Do some people tweet or text you like the actual announcement? Like, hey. This person has just signed for this many years to this team breaking, and it is a copy-paste situation. Is there any type of those types of stuff? Yeah, sometimes there are, but I would say most people suck at it. So, like, they will – the grammar's bad or they have, like, a comma in the wrong place or they spell something. They didn't use hashtags. I like to use hashtags to make it a little easier for people to search on Twitter. Um, so, Nobody usually, if someone sends me a, like, pre-written tweet – I just kind of shake my head and go, yeah, I'll take this and then make it into an actual good tweet, and then I'll tweet it myself. Hey, you're a good tweeter, dude. Nice job, Brad. Maybe your rap sheet. Uh, really good tweeter. Let's talk about Nathaniel Hackett. A video has surfaced from his interview with the Broncos. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers going there now because Nathaniel Hackett's there? And it seems like that big, bald guy has an incredible wealth of knowledge in the football game and also in the locker room. He's beloved by everybody. How do you see that thing panning out? And Getze is now getting interview jobs for the Bears, I think, and maybe the Broncos. Offensive line coach maybe getting some interviews. How do you see coaching trees connecting, kind of coming together in these different places? Yeah, first on Hackett, he is a smart dude. And he's also – I never know if this matters as a coach, but like he's a really good guy and he's hilarious and he's just – He's the kind of guy players really like to play for. That matters. Um, so I could see why it matters. I think so, yeah. I think. I mean, I, I hope so. Um, he's just – he's the kind of guy like – you know, I'm somewhat friendly with him, I guess. So I'll run him into, into him at the combine and we'll just oh! end the No! It's in high places. No, no, no. He's a terrible source. Um, but I'll run into him at the combine. So he's our friend. Get, like, yeah. get, like deep in like – where this play come from? He's such a football nerd. Like he loves it so much, and obviously grew up in it with his with his dad. And just he loves to talk like football and plays and what this coach is doing. What like he just he loves all of it. I think he's going to do a really good job. He's smart. He's innovative. Um, but all you want to know about Rodgers, right? So let's get to the Rodgers part of it. Um, I think that if Aaron Rodgers was going to get traded anywhere, it would be there. Wow. But huh? I don't know. Oh, if Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded because he also could come back to the Packers or he could retire, as I learned on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, okay. Shout out. Shout Ian, out. is it possible that in uh, in Aaron's sure. contract and when he like when he had his whole situation last offseason, they come to an agreement, is it possible that they have a list of teams that they won't trade him to? Uh, what, what was decided when they redid his contract was basically like – and this isn't in the contract, but it was more of like a verbal man-to-man kind of understanding. Like, oh. if you don't want to be here, we will come together, we meaning the Packers and Rodgers, and, and send you to a place that we can mutually agree upon. Obviously, he's not going to, like, the Bears or the Vikings, for instance. And, yeah. like, I don't even know if they would send him to the NFC. But, you know, a place like Denver that he likes that's out of conference that also is willing to pay what it would cost, like, I would say that would probably make some sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, it's more like 
we'll work with you if you don't want to be here. Yes, like out of respect. Yeah, out of respect. But the team can definitely angle that as this is Aaron's decision to want to leave, especially if it's not in the contract and all that stuff. It will. It will be Aaron's decision. If yeah, but they could easily make him look like a very terrible person with all of their sources potentially leaking narratives of, you know, Mark Murphy and Gunta Kuntz were staying up for the last 10 days trying mm-hmm. to get Aaron, and Aaron wants to – like, I just feel like that could become a situation. How would it work, you think? Like, he would, They would have to find a team that he would be tra- – because we were talking about this because he said he was going to come make his decision here, but he said he's going to do it before the free agency and everything happened. What, what day? I'll be here too. <laughs> no, you won't. Yeah, no, you watch right home. That's right. right. Sorry, pal. You watch at home because yeah. you swear on FCC yeah, regulated yeah. shows and try to take people off the air. Damn, Can't have it. Up. You said shoot in your head, but mm-hmm. your kids and everybody else heard shit, pal. All right? So you don't get to be here <laughs> uh-huh. the day that Aaron's here, allegedly. But even if he isn't, how would that process go about working? He, he and the Packers would talk. He would say, well, I appreciate you guys. I'd like to move on. Then they'd start figuring out a team. And then would the Packers expect a lot in the trade back, especially if it's an agreement between Aaron and the team? Like, how how does that go, you think? Yeah. So there's like – what you went through is why these trades are so hard because there's so many different variables. Like, he's going to want to go someplace good, but it's going to have to be someone that can pay what the Packers – would take and it has to be something massive it's like the same thing with you know when russell wilson maybe kind of sort of thought about getting traded last year and i think maybe the seahawks would have listened but it have to be something where like can't turn it down and that's what it's gonna have to be so we're talking multiple first round picks enough to where the packers would give up a franchise quarterback and say this is worth it because the trade is even so like what number of first round draft picks or players would be even if you're trading Aaron Rodgers. But it isn't an even situation, right? Because they've come to an agreement with Aaron that they will get him out of town if they can find a dance partner. Then what happens if Gunther Gunther Murphy's like, nah, that's not enough, that's not enough, that's not enough. They can do that forever, right? I mean, that's something they can Right. But you you would think they wouldn't out of good faith, right? But then, of course, the Broncos know. is filled with that. Right, but but then the Broncos know, like, okay, well, maybe the – Packers kind of need to trade him, so we'll offer a little less because they Broncos would like to pay less because if Rodgers is on that team, he'd like to have draft picks to build his own team. I'm talking about the Broncos. So this is like yeah. this is why this is very complicated. Yeah, and he could just come to a team that's already built. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Indianapolis Colts. Packers. Oh, oh, yeah. stay at home. oh. No, what, what's that? Why not come to the Colts? What's, stay at home. Why not come to the Colts? What do you think? I mean, you? I, they got a good team. Yeah, they're still great, great team. Lost their defensive coordinator. I read about that. Yeah, he went uh, to Chicago. Good Somebody, running back. Somebody about no first round pick. Does that hurt? Oh, there's future drafts all the time. That's right. Yeah. There's no future drafts all the, all the time. Yeah, but oh, they no. have Carson. AJ Smart hurts. Trade material. Yeah, Carson's a first rounder. Carson. Carson's worth yeah. a first rounder at least. Oh, okay. Pretty cheap. But if Carson comes back, I'm on Carson's side. I'd like to let everybody know that. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, that stinks. Uh, rap sheet. Now, is, if he comes back. Yeah, no, it stinks if he comes back. As a Colt and Rogers, a citizen. Yes. Of Indianapolis. of Indianapolis. It would be awesome for me. You would like if Carson comes back. Yes, I would. Because you Because it's win-win. They go to the Super Bowl and win it. Hey, how we doing? Parade in Indy. They crash and burn and lose and become the worst franchise in sports. Awesome. You know what I mean? 
It's kind of right. like right. Ask, your question. ask your question. Well, so he's a Patriots one, fan. It's one and the same, yeah, AJ. So. Uh, rap sheet, speaking of the Patriots, is McDaniels uh, actually going to be the head coach in Vegas? And will that bring Elliot Wolf over there to be the GM? And also, what happened with Gerard Mayo? He just kind of, his name has fallen out of the uh, coaching loop here. Uh, all right, so for Mayo, sounded like he had good interviews in Denver and the Raiders, but obviously hasn't got, didn't get the Broncos job, hasn't gotten the Raiders job. He is young, and you know sometimes it takes a couple cracks at it. Uh, I think he will be a head coach, just probably not yet. Uh, also, you know, we'll see if he ends up with a different title in New England, maybe defensive coordinator. We'll see what they do. Huh. Um, out, but I don't think you know, Mayo's probably not going anywhere. As far as McDaniel's, I'm not saying this is done because it's not done. But they would not have made a request to interview him unless they thought there was a good chance he would take it if offered, and he doesn't go there unless he thought that there was a good chance they would offer. So there's before all of this happens, both sides know there's mutual interest. So he goes down there. He's going to have dinner with Brass tonight, have an interview tomorrow. Like I think both sides say, all right, if this goes well, then we might do this thing. Wow. Um, his GM would be Dave Ziegler, who's the de facto GM in New England but doesn't have the title, who kind of led all of that. Uh, yeah, kind of led all of that you know, free agent spending in the draft last year. Now, quick question. Casario was an ipso facto GM for New England. He right. leaves, he gets a GM job. Ziggler, another human I've never heard of. I assume people have. He's ipso facto general manager up there while Bill Belichick yep. is the general manager. How's that work? Because I know like offensive coordinators that don't call actual plays. They're just like a uh, figurehead offensive coordinator, but they're more so like quarterback coach and maybe they're part of the planning and scheming, but the head coach is the play caller. What are those titles and how, how does that whole thing work over there? I mean, Bill Belichick is in charge in New England. But what Dave Ziegler did was basically all of the groundwork and all of the recommendations. And then in the end, Belichick says, like, yes or no. So he kind of. So he's like the president. He's like the president more so. And people pitch from different buckets of the company. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And then, but Bill has final say. So you could do all this. And he just goes, nah. And it's like, okay, well, that's that's that. (laughs) Legend. But more so than ever, I mean, Ziegler had a lot of say in New England. But ultimately, he's not the GM, so he is allowed to go to Vegas for what I'm sure would be a lot of money, um, unless the Patriots step up and try to keep him. Okay, so isn't that what the Patriots did to Josh McDaniels when he turned the plane around here in Indianapolis? Everybody just assumed that Josh McDaniels was the head coach and waiting for the New England Patriots. Is this because now that Bill Belichick's going to coach for another 10 years with Mac Jones at quarterback? Or what do you think it is that Josh McDaniels got up out of his bed in New England, in which he has found home for a long time after the Denver Broncos stint? He's gone back and has... reluctantly even been in the coaching conversation, I think, anywhere. Yeah. Hasn't really done it. Why, why do you think Vegas, and why do you think now? Um, this is a great opportunity. I mean, Vegas is a spot where, like, had John Gruden not gotten in trouble and done all the things that he did many years ago and ended up resigning, like, you could win in Vegas for a while, I think. You got – they didn't draft great the last couple of years, but you got a bunch of good pieces. You have a quarterback who's definitely good enough. And you got some young, young talent like Max Crosby and others. Um, they could be good for a little bit. And you know, if you take over a team that has a head coach vacancy but has a quarterback, you can win. So, and and Mark Davis will spend and cares a lot about it, and will let them do their thing. So, like that's a good mix, right? So, I think why now is because like this is a really good opportunity. It really is. 
Huh. Ian, do you think the Raiders have really wanted McDaniels all along? They were just trying to gauge his interest if he would leave New England? And the Harbaugh shit was all fake. Yeah. Uh. I believe it was fake from the Raiders' side. I believe Harbaugh's side was kind of like, hey, the Raiders look pretty good. Like, uh, so, so, like, Harbaugh you know, went out on the dance floor. Harbaugh went out on the dance floor and did this number days. here. Mm-hmm. And be interesting. Nobody. He was just standing there all by himself. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Wow. But he's got Michigan, so. Yeah, not the bell of the ball, though. Michigan. People like Michigan. My people, brother's yeah, in Michigan. People from Michigan. Where'd you go to school again? What smart school? Columbia. Woo-hoo. Ivy League. I got a bobblehead. Hold on. Hey, do you have that on the back of your car too? Like Columbia grad? Oh, wow. It broke. Wow. Is that uh, because Columbia has no blue collar people that can uh, put glue uh, back on something? <laughs> no, it's because my children, when they were young, decided to break that apart and it'd be much better than just bobbling it up and down. Is Columbia a legacy place? Like your kids are definitely going to go there? I mean, I think everyone should get in only by their merits, and there should be none of that legacy stuff. Oh, um, really? I don't believe in that. Now, if Columbia wanted to admit them both, I think that would be great. It's a great place to go to school, but only if they are fully deserving, regardless of who their parents are. Wow. I mean, you guys were caught up in that side door, back door oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Columbia. All that fake schooling you guys got up there makes you guys feel good. And turns out there was one. It was guy- a great Netflix documentary about that. Oh, yeah, the mission scandal. Yeah. yeah. Side door you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That guy was working those phones, dude. Yeah, we got a road team. Nah, we got a skate team. Water nah, polo. we got a water polo squad. We got a soccer team. Yeah, no problem. It'll be $900,000 to get your kid yeah. into school. Yeah. So wild. Done. I cannot believe that was real life. Well, I don't understand how. And this is a little deeper, but I understand that Columbia is a higher education than everybody else, the Ivy League, and these schools that are prominent and hard to get into. How can these kids that are dumb as fuck that couldn't get in, how do they end up graduating then? Are they just paying for all their classes as well? Are the classes nowhere near as difficult as you guys make it sound like it is? I mean, some of the classes are really difficult, but some are not. And, I mean, you can get through it. I don't know. I, I, I would imagine, you know, the professors are, like, decorated and very famous but like you can be great a great teacher if even if you don't have like publish a lot of articles i don't know well that's all bullshit it sounds yeah yeah load of crap is it all bullshit sorry is it all boo (laughs) i loved going to school there going to school in the city was great so i'm a fan well, and also, if you have Columbia on the back of your car, it's like, oh, oh man, don't drive too close. I actually don't, um, because I had a sticker, and then I got a new car, and then I Ooh. didn't put another one on, but maybe people know anyway. Hey, you can't put stickers <laughs> on Lambos, you know what I mean? You're not doing hey, that. Oh. Hey, oh, they know immediately upon uh-huh. seeing it. Ain't that right, guys? What, you, what, what do you drive? What does Pat drive? Me? Yeah. I, I had an F-150 for a long time. What? Full F-150. And now? Lincoln Aviator. It's pretty right. good. Yeah, but you walk uphill both ways to here. Yeah. 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 That's right. Mm-hmm. Like the Cincinnati Bengals. God damn right. right. Go ahead, Tone. Ian, this weekend, Trent Williams, he playing? Honey Badger, he playing? Any other injury news we need to know? Uh, Honey Badger, a lot of confidence that he plays. Concussion protocol, so it's tough to predict, but Andy Reid thinks he's going to go. And Atta he baby! Yeah! And he is like, you know, as important mm-hmm. a player to the unit as maybe anyone besides quarterback. He's a great player, so that helps. Uh, Trent Williams, I think he goes too. They seem pretty confident in him. I would. Ex- I don't think the practice is started yet. If he is able to, uh, if he's able to play practice today, then I'd say that's probably a good chance. I don't know how close he'll be to 100. percent But even when he's not 100, percent like he's so good that I think, I think he'll be okay. Atta baby, Atta baby. Atta baby. Atta baby. Atta baby. Atta baby. Trent. 
And maybe any other outstanding injuries we should think about going into the weekend or anything pop up? Nothing ever seems to pop up playoff week, you know? COVID, they stop testing for. Injuries don't really happen during the week during playoffs. Every player is kind of hurt, but are they injured? (laughs) Is there any other thing we should kind of look forward to for these these weekend, this weekend? No, it is kind of true, though. Like, you know, my side of things, which is like tracking injuries and like what's going to – there's so much access to the playoffs and everyone's just – I think everyone wants to avoid a distraction. So whatever it is, they just tell you. So like they sort of take it out of our hands, which is I think actually very mean, but they just tell you everything that's going on and it's all out there. It's like during Super Bowl week, like there's no surprises because like someone will write up a play-by-play of your practice every day so the whole world can read about like the kind of walkthrough you had on a Friday, you know? Yeah, and it's a shame they don't send you a text and have you type up a tweet and send it out. You know, that's yeah. a that's a again. Very- I am a great tweeter, so that would actually would be nice. <laughs> you are top five tweeter. You deserve everything you get, pal. And I hope that life continues to bring you information that we can only hear and learn from you. Uh, Columbia grad, NFL Network insider, NFL.com insider, and a man who's a you know a great role model for kids. Truly, what a hero, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rapport. Thank you, Ian. Friends of the show, former teammate of mine, who is now campaigning to potentially be the new defensive coordinator oh. for the Indianapolis Colts since Eberflus, the former defensive coordinator, is now the head coach for the Chicago Bears. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the Man to Man podcast, Everything DB, nine-year NFL secondary dominant member, big old football IQ, ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah. What's up, fellas? <laughs> Pat, AJ, boys, what's happening? Coach. Mr. Butler. Coach, good. how's it going? <laughs> Coach, hey, Bu- Coach Butler. Took some notes, AJ. I remember you went in there to host. Took some notes. That's right. Oh, look good. Well, you look fantastic. I wish I would have understood that we're in a different time now. There yeah. is. We're in a much different, different time. Hey, we're in a different time now. I see, I see you tweeting. How do you uh, feel about your chances to potentially become the defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, you know, I, I don't like to put a number on those things, man. But, uh, you know, the opportunity uh, presented itself is out there. So, um, you know, might as well throw my, my name in the hat. The worst thing it says no. And uh, McCown's up there on his second round of interviews out in Houston to be a head coach. Uh, Kellen Moore walked out of his, you know, backup quarterback role to go and be quarterback's coach the following year. So, uh, you know, why not? What is your idea going to be for the defense? What uh, what type of defense are we running? How are we going to get the most out of the players? The fact that you have never coached before, <laughs> does that change anything you think in the eyes of the Colts folks? Or do you think that freshness, that newness, might actually bring good to the team? Uh, I think uh, if you ask any of my former teammates, former coaches, you know anybody that's been around me uh, playing the game, learning the game, being able to teach the game to younger guys, you know, they, they, they know I can do it. Um, obviously, it's going to be a learning curve actually being in there, you know, writing up reports and doing all the other things that go into to coaching. And uh, I'm sure coaches will look at it like, hey, you know, guys got to earn their stripes and do those things. But, you know, it's just a different um, – I got a different POV, you know, actually been out there uh, for nine years, been on the field, having to execute at a high level, having to communicate at a high level, knowing what different guys are going through, um, knowing how different guys learn. And that, that's really what you're seeing right now in the NFL. I feel like the offense always is kind of a couple steps ahead. And defense kind of have to play catch up and, you know, old ways are harder to change. Um, but I think I bring some of that fresh blood onto that defensive side of the ball and uh, change some things around. So I would be excited about the opportunity. Then with the Colts, I mean, you got guys. You got guys like the Maniac, D. Leonard, you can do a lot of things with on the football field. Kenny Moore, 
uh, Blackman, Defoe. I mean, you got guys all up and down that um, that defense and that roster that you can do things with. So uh, I would, I mean, like I said, I would love the the opportunity to do it with the Colts and um, you know any other uh, job that presents itself with you know it has to be the right job. Yeah, the reason. Yeah, it has to be the right situation, the right job, and the reason up until this point, honestly, because a lot of people thought like, hey man, you're gonna go into coaching, right? When you're done, you're gonna go, like nobody saw uh, me doing anything else really, uh, but especially for black coaches it's always a, a longer climb and battle uphill and i'm i'm 36 i got a family i'm not trying i'm not trying to get in there and bring coffee to, to, to some slappies that i know 10 times more football than i'm not playing that type of game uh so if i come into a situation it would at least be at like a d a db room type passing game coordinator type situation and uh, i'd be excited for it yeah, but I, I, I read somewhere on the internet that uh, the reason the Jacksonville Jags haven't officially hired Byron Leftwich is because you're flying down for an interview. Is that true? <laughs> hey, I can't, I can't confirm or deny that. Uh, but, um, you know, my representation actually lives in Indy still, so um, I'll reach out to him. Hey, just quick question. Actual quick question. What if Ballard calls you and says, all right, fuck it. Come on in. And Frank Reich says, come on in. Do you have like one of those pitch deck things that I think everybody has to go in there with your vision of the team and how you would run it and everything like that? Or are you planning on just saying, hey, you know me, I know the game. And that, that How deep in the process are we of actually maybe trying to become a high-level coach in the NFL right now? Uh, well, the good thing about it is, you know, I've, I've stayed, you know, attached to the game. I still watch film. Um, I actually consult guys, you know, one-on-one. Uh, players, uh, actually some front office people. I've, I've talked to some front office people, which you'll probably be surprised at, or you probably wouldn't be surprised, actually. Front office, like pro personnel, GM guys, like it's a bonus for the, those guys that actually know football. So um, putting out the everything, DB videos and things like that, for some reason people can kind of pick up and learn those things easier, I guess maybe the way I put it out there. So um, do I, I don't have like a, 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 a four-inch binder, you know, with a plan to come in. Uh, but like I said, I've been working with different guys on different teams, a bunch of different systems. And honestly, I think guys overcomplicate a lot of things, especially in this league. Like with these offensive players and these coaches, like you're not going to stop. You're not holding guys. These these four teams playing, you're not holding these teams to 17 points. You just got to be good at situational uh, football and, and get off the field. 13 seconds left on the clock. You got to be able to get off the field. Um, so I know I don't have the whole binder and all those type of things, but uh, I've already reached out to Chris. I reached out to the powers that be. So, um, like I said, the worst thing it says is no. And um, this is an opportunity that, you know, I couldn't let just go past without at least throwing my hat in there. Hey, let's go. I didn't know. I didn't know the, um, you know, the level of seriousness behind it because we all know the coaching hours are terrible. Uh -huh. And obviously yeah. you were a coach on the field. I got to witness you in team meetings. Chuck has talked about it. You were the go-to guy when it came to, you know, studying, knowing, scheming, strategic, everything like that. You legitimately were another coach on the field, which I think why Chuck and everybody speaks so highly of you. But that coaching world is different, D-Bud, isn't it? Yeah. That coaching world is different. That schedule is – AJ and I could never – ever do it are you have you fully committed to yourself to like okay i could do that i want to do that that is something i want to fully go into i didn't know the the level of seriousness here i mean just just to be transparent that was one of the questions chris hey are you are you you sure about this grind and i'm and, and yeah you know that that would be like i said if it was a in a situation and if i went into coaching my ultimate goal would be a head to be become a head coach so, um, like I said, if I go into a good situation where I actually have a voice, I have a seat at the table, and I can climb up the ranks, 
I'll be all for it because, you know, I like doing a lot of different things, but it's nothing like, you know, being, especially this time of year, you start really missing it more. Not like being a part of, you know, one of those wins, one of those playoff wins in the locker room for the 10 minutes after, you know, that plane trip home. So I do miss that part of the game. So I think that'll make the hours and the, but I would never be one of those coaches that's sleeping in the office or that's, you know, in the office till four in the morning like that. I mean, you don't, you, we don't need that in, in today's game. We got iPads. And uh, you got to be productive with your time. I don't want my guys even burnt out like that, man. Look at me talking like I already got it wrong. <laughs> Put in the air. But, uh, you know, it's time for football and it's time for other things. But, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I'm ready for the grind, but uh, I'm definitely not going to be, you know, working myself to death. Yeah, that's smart, by the way. People that are yeah. desk watching and car watching and doing all yeah. that. Are you really getting better or are you just doing bullshit right now so you can stay away from your family? Also... <laughs> Follow up. I think you'd be a great coach. Like if you did, I think you would be an unbelievable coach, and I think you'd have a great respect amongst the the players. Uh, we have a friend who won into coaching, and uh, he was at the lowest level of uh -huh. coaching, you know, and he went from you know playing in the league to that coaching level that you were talking about. I don't yeah. think he enjoyed the uh, the entire coffee getting and all that stuff as well. So I respect and appreciate the fact that you're like, I think my playing days should at least account for some of the resume that other people may not have been able to build. Uh, I'm 100% on your side of that. And any former players getting into coaching, I'm a big fan. Yeah, and it, I want to be clear, too. It's not just that I, you know, that I played, you know, because there's a lot of guys True. that, um, you know, that I that played the game a long time, but, you know, I wouldn't want them coaching a little league team. So it was, you know, partly the position, the positions I played, you know, playing a slot cornerback position that was kind of evolving during the time I was in the league, then going to safety, playing corner, and then being able to, you know, play for, you know, nine years. That's a long time for a DB. So that's a room that's always getting younger and fresher where you have to, it's going to be guys playing first, second year every year at that position. So you got to be able to teach them, got to be able to communicate with them. And like I said, the, the, the personnel, the trainers, the equipment guys, the players, any coaches that played with me, you know, especially my tenure in Indy, uh, I think will vouch for uh, my FBI, you know, my football intellect. So uh, it's not that I don't want to make it sound like, hey, I played nine years, you know, give me the room. It's not that at all. But it's, um, you know, you know. Check, check, check my resume. Hey, yeah. really good suit right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, How do you think you do in the room with the old whites making decisions? Ah, uh, you know, I, I've I've been in a lot of rooms with a lot of old whites, and um, <laughs> I think you just you just you know I, I'm, I'm gonna show up as myself. That's all I can do, and uh, they, they gotta respect that. And if they don't, they don't. You know, it is what it is. Um, but the interview process, I'm not I'm not afraid of. That. I've actually had some um, last year. You know, before I, when I was still trying to figure out what it is I wanted to do on this other side. You know, I had some conversations with some different personnel guys, and you'll be surprised. Twitter. Uh, you know, people go all the different social. Twitter is one of my favorite um, social media platforms it's the best. because it's kind of like the melting pot of you got the old whites, you got every, you got everybody on there. And I've been reached out to by head coaches, uh, GMs, um, person, players, obviously, media guys who or women who've been covering the game for decades and would ask me questions, would ask me inside, just tell me, hey, you're doing a great job. I'm learning a lot. So um, I, I enjoy Twitter, and I think I'll do all right in um, those interview rooms. I I would do terrible in there. I the, <laughs> I think it is I think it is a real skill and a talent. I think that's why you see a lot of the same names because working those rooms is yeah. just like making business relationships, networking. It's not just what you know; it's it's how you get along. I mean, it's I would do terrible in there. I do believe you know because. 
Hey, this dude's in there doing mm. investment banking with folks. Oh yeah, he's hey. up. Hey, he's doing handling business, the day to day, the structural shit. I think you've had down for a long, long time. You would make like a perfect coach. I didn't know if you're being serious or not, but I do believe you would make a very, very, very solid coach. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, coach Butler, um, city that I root for. Another coach Butler just retired as defensive coordinator. How would Ooh. you go? How would you feel about going into a building with a defensive head coach where the reports are? that he actually calls the plays for the defense? I mean, you know, if, if the opportunity, that, that, that would be a great opportunity. You know, that's that's a, that's a historic, obviously, franchise. You know, they, they're known for defense. They're known for being gritty. Um, I, w- I would love that opportunity. Then being able to play for a guy like Mike Tomlin or coach for a guy like Mike Tomlin, that'd be, that would be awesome, too. So, I mean, that, that would be another opportunity I would love. <laughs> Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Coach Butler, um, you know, this actually is football aside, but are you a little worried about the current value of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency uh, affecting, you know, exactly Do not take your you contract. And, exactly. Yeah. Don't not, do that. I would take my contract in crypto in a heartbeat, especially right now. Uh, but, you know, crypto for oh, me, and this isn't financial advice, I, even though I'm looking like a sketchy financial advisor. Um, it's a long-term play, man. It's a long-term play, and, and it is the future. Crypto is like the, the internet and like other things were decades ago where everybody laughed at, everybody pointed to it until all the smart ner- nerds put us in a position where we had to use it, and it's forced to become a part of our life. All of us, nobody thought we were getting a, a random stranger's car in an Uber. Nobody thought you would put your face scan on your phone. It doesn't happen until it happens, so I think we're still on the early, the beginning stages of it. And that's, you know, that's diamond hands over here, man. I'm not tripping on these prices. Hold, <laughs> hold, hold it. Coach. What about the metaverse, d What do you think about that? I mean, it's here. It's going to be here, and it's going to be here to stay. And, and honestly, uh, the metaverse has been here for a while, if you really think about it. If you, know any, you got any friends who, uh, you know, get on World of Warcraft or Call of Duty and stay in there for Fortnite. six, eight hours. Yeah, you, you like you're... You're in a different place with different people experiencing the same things um, in live time. So th- th- that's, you know, the metaverse has been here for a while. And now you're just going to have to you're going to start having business meetings. And I think this, you know, this pandemic just accelerated that so much further, so much faster. And once, you know, the big once Nike and Apple and Microsoft start getting into it, like you better go out and try to find your little lot on Roblox or something somewhere. hundred stay. 175 billion in revenue in the first quarter apple man they're sitting on 200 billion in cash right now just to they're like acquire. bezos it, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like bezos apple is like bezos how much was it 124 billion in the first quarter in the last quarter i mean 64 million an hour, hour. <laughs> 15,000 every second. single second one Two, three, <laughs> four, four, 60 grand right there. My just God. came into Apple. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's maybe the worst yeah. iPhone ever. Too. Ever. Yeah. They put 8Ks <laughs> on everybody, 8K cameras on everybody's phone. That was quite an uh, invention. They have all this money. This is by far the worst experience any of us have ever had on an iPhone. Facts. Fucking yeah. figure it out, Tim. Jeez Louise. <laughs> you got all that money. Let's make the phone work like maybe the last one did or the one two ago. This is the wow. worst version of Apple that we have seen in some years. As somebody who's been a part of the cult for a long time, oh, yeah. <laughs> Figure it 
out out there. I will say there are some things that everybody says is about the future and it never really catches on and those never get talked about because only the bangers survive. Like you said, internet and metaverse and everything like that. Dippin' Dots was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> Dippin' Dots. The cross. It never was. It's still the ice cream of the future. The That's their tagline. Yeah, the ice, it, team of the free, their ice cream of the future. And it'll never be the ice cream of today, though. That's what we're saying. Still awesome, though. Still great. I like the cookies and cream one myself. I would never wondered why I never caught on. I always wondered why I never caught on when I enjoyed it. But I'm just saying there are things that are supposed to be the future and aren't. And that is just one example. Go ahead, Todd. Oh, yeah. Coach Baller, is this a strike while the iron's hot type situation? Like, do you think the reports that Leftwich and Adrian Phillips and some of these other guys, uh, Ryan Poles, getting jobs, like, do you think now is the is a better time than ever for former players who maybe don't have a bunch of experience to get jobs? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something you've, you've seen. I mean, you, you've been seeing it for years, honestly, with, uh, you know, people that don't look like us, honestly. You know, Mayock came out of, out of the booth and, and went and got a GM job. I, I'm not sure what John Lynch did. Obviously, he played the game as a Hall of Famer, but in between going and getting a GM job. So, um, and I spoke about Kellen Moore and the other guys, but, it, it's, yeah, so it's, it's a great time right now, and obviously I'm ready. I'm in a position. I'm here. And just like uh, crypto, you know, the time is strike right now. Okay, buy the dips. That's not investment advice. That's just what everybody says on the internet. <laughs> you buy the dips and you buy a high. I mean, you just keep buying. You keep holding, man. Hey, listen. Coach. We're hoping to buy in the Darius Butler stock <laughs> a couple years ago. We'll continue to buy in. Hopefully you get an opportunity. I can't wait to see how this pans out. Man, are you, so uh, your representation calling around? Are you calling around to places saying, hey, I'm available and – how do you realistically expect this whole thing to go timeline wise? Right. Hey, um, this is this has happened within the last what since flu since that job got announced. Um, you know, I, I started talking about it, posted, and then it picked up a little steam. But then I, you know, it, I actually actually you know what I reached out to Ursay not too long ago, and um, and then that happened. Flus moved on. And now, you know, now it's just picking up steam. But it's only, uh, you know, with that organization right now, with the Colts right now. But like I said, the right opportunity presents itself. Um, you know, my options are open right now. Hey, Coach Butler, we can't wait to watch it. You look fantastic. Can't wait to see the boys play for you out there. Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, appreciate you. Hey, we'll see you uh, Super Bowl week two, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. That's awesome. He might have... You might, we might not. Could be a, yeah, yeah, might be a coordinator. Of the might, might be hired by then. Who knows? You might I'll be sleeping out there. You might be sleeping on your couch at the office. <laughs> yeah. No, no, never mind. You wouldn't <laughs> no, do that. No, 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 no way, no way. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Thank yeah, you, Coach. We interrupt this show to remind you that wearing a dress shirt stinks. They're always too stiff and too easy to sweat through. That's why you've got to check out Mizzen and Maine. Mizzen and Main combines the comfort and flexibility of your favorite athletic wear with the fit and style of a custom dress shirt. Lightweight, breathable, and moisture wicking, Mizzen and Main's clothing will have you looking and feeling great. If I have to wear a dress shirt, it's going to be a Mizzen and Main. It's as simple as that. And right now, if you go to MizzenandMain.com, that's M I Z Z E N A N D M A I N. Com and use promo code McAfee, you'll receive $35 off any regular price order of $125 or more. That's $35 off when you go to MizzenAndMain.com and use promo code McAfee. Back to the show. Let's make our picks, huh? Ooh. Here we go. Oh, man, let's do it. Let's make our picks. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it has 
been a fantastic year trying to predict what was going to happen for every single NFL game against the spread. And there were different runs for both myself and AJ. AJ has been on a bit of a heater as of late by saying that he won one game last week and I won none games. So we will obviously let AJ lead off here, but one of the only segments we've ever committed to for the entire season, I'd like to say congrats to us. Nice job, well done. Nice well job, guys. That's good maturity out of us, and that is what a real program would do, so let's dive right into it. Representing the AFC, the game that begins at Sunday, 3.07 p.m. Eastern Time. The Bengals travel to the home of the Chiefs. Bengals getting seven and a half points on the road in the AFC Championship game to win outright plus 285. Great odds on that money. And as a whole, they are plus 850 to go on and win the Super Bowl. This is how FanDuel has them right now. Going against the Chiefs, obviously seven and a half point favorites, minus 355 money line. That is like a layup in the FanDuel's eyes. Plus 125, the best odds out of all four remaining teams to go on and win the Super Bowl. The favorite out of the entire championship weekend is favored at home against his young upstart crew the Cincinnati Bengals AJ Hawk seven and a half points is a lot of points especially for a championship game and that Cincinnati Bengals team doing what they've been able to do on the road in the playoffs here yeah so I've gone back and forth with this one like I have a lot of other games the seven and a half it does seem like a lot for a playoff game but we know the Chiefs can absolutely light it up when they put it together. But I'm still I'm taking the Bengals here at plus seven and a half because I don't think it's out. I don't think it's crazy to say that the Bengals could win this game. So seven and a half, I'll take the Bengals. Okay, Chiefs win, Bengals cover in my eyes. Okay, Chiefs have that switch that it's just. So you're taking the Bengals too. I'm taking Bengals plus seven and a half. Yeah, the Chiefs seven and a half is just too much points. That's a lot yeah. of points. It might be a blowout. Maybe. And the Chiefs have been playing at a level in which they could blow some motherfuckers out right now, I think, with how they're playing. But if you ever look, like against the Bills, they were just one score better. And I think that is their edge. They're more competitive. They seem to have that it factor that they will get a win. But they're going against a guy in Joey Burrow who also has similar type it factor, I think, with the weapons. It all depends upon whether or not the Chiefs start early. If the Chiefs start early and it's just go, 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 and Joe and them have to kind of catch up the entire game, I think it's going to be tough. But I think the Bengals cover seven and a half with seven and a half points. That seems like a very easy bet here. Tone Diggs, host of Hammer, Don. What you said earlier that all the money's on the Chiefs, is that because the Chiefs is the Chiefs and what Connor said? Or seven and a half feels like a lot of fucking points right now. Yeah, I think it is because it's the Chiefs is the Chiefs. Uh, the exact number was uh, 61% on the Chiefs, 39% on the Bengals. So we are in the minority here just two days out. Who knows what late money will do? Seven and a half feels like a lot. Connor, you went on an entire run earlier that almost convinced me to take the Chiefs minus seven and a half. That is so many points. You still believe that the Chiefs is the Chiefs and the Bengals haven't had to do shit to get to this point? Uh, no, they definitely have had to you know, win some games, and McPherson has done that you know, back-to-back, being four for four, but I just remembered the Bengals gave up nine sacks, and I might take the Chiefs. Chiefs minus 13 and a half. (laughs) Alternate spread. Yeah, I mean, if they give up five sacks, let alone nine, 
it's going to be very hard to keep up with KC. And, you know, if they do come out slow, they scored 21 points in the second quarter alone against the Steelers. So, I mean, there, there's a chance that even if they do, you know, are a little rusty out of the gates, they can flip that switch and put up 42 in two quarters. Seven and a half just feels like a lot of points for a championship game. I'm always going to side with that, even though 69% of the people are against us. Let's go to the NFC Championship game. Uh, AJ, you have played in this game. Here we go, AJ. You've had success in this game. You know what it's like to have a long season. Not 17-game season, but a long season. And ride the ebbs and the flows of a season. Nobody could have expected the Niners to be here. Nobody could have thought that they'd be taking on the Rams. Although the Rams were a team that was put together for this moment, for this run. Matthew Stafford gets traded out of Detroit. Thank God, the Stafford family says, to Los Angeles with this in mind. But the Niners and Rams of the NFC best, the one we've been talking about all season is being the best division in football. Meeting in the NFC Championship is something that I would assume nobody could have predicted through a large portion of the season. Maybe the Cardinals are able to get there. Maybe the Packers are able to get there. But Niners-Rams in the championship game Sunday, 842. Oh. Six. Oh. 642. Okay, good. Jesus. I, was, I literally, you just heard me say, I'm not watching that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to watch that game. 642 p.m. on Sunday. AJ, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home are the Rams. How do you see this thing going? Man, I mean, so we all know the Niners have had a good beat on the Rams and what they've when they've played in the past. But I still hear right now, I love the Niners and how they play. I like a lot of the players on the team, but I'm taking Rams at minus three and a half at home to get it done and send Stafford and OBJ and the whole squad to the Super Bowl. All right, give me the Niners plus three and a half. All right. Are you confident? No. No idea. If the Niners win, does it have to be close? And could the Rams blow them out? So there's a stat Mm -hmm. that Tone Diggs sent to the group. 37 out of the last 40 championship games, the team that won has covered as well. So I'm not saying, and both of my picks have been the complete opposite of that, and that's 92.5% over the last 40 uh, championship games. I'm saying Chiefs win, Bengals cover. So I'm thinking it's going to be 37 out of the last 41 at about 630 or whatever. Then when 642 happens, I'm thinking there's a chance Rams win, but three and a half points I feel good about with the Niners. And I might be completely wrong. I have been, obviously, 0 for 4 last week with two Super Boosts losing on back-to-back days. I mean, I am nowhere near knowing shit about fuck at this point, but I don't think anybody does. For me, that stat, although it is very alarming, and is very telling. I don't think it knows about this NFL season on this particular Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I think it's hard to be confident in either of these games this weekend. I'm, I'm probably going to be on your side on both these strictly because the half a point, and that's the only reason. Because you have to, you feel like. Yeah, yeah. Seven and a half, so many. Plus, uh, you win by seven. That's a big time win. Yeah, no, I beat the Bills last year by eighteen, I think. But you keep doing oh, this. They did. I'm just saying, the Chiefs, you know, all year, what did they start, two and four? And it was like, I don't know, Chiefs might not. And, I mean, I said it too. Like, they might not be the Chiefs anymore. And then, you know, it feels like these last this last month, month and a half, it's been like, oh, yeah, they can just turn it on whenever the hell they want and score four straight touchdowns. And their o- the Cincy's O-line is really the biggest worry. They gave up nine sacks last week. Give me the Chiefs. <laughs> Give me the Chiefs. See, I think okay. there is something to be said, though, about No, I like the Bengals. I like the Bengals. Give me the Bengals. They also had three interceptions and only scored 19 points. I'm not saying that 19 is not a lot, but if you have three picks, you'd assume maybe you'd score more than 19. You scored three touchdowns. Can I ask you an AJ stupid question that I asked the other day on Hammer Down? I won't have the answer, AJ Mike. It's very stupid. Um, <laughs> after that Bills game. This is bad. It's a bad question. <laughs> 
Gone this game's go to the Super Bowl, so that's why it's a stupid question. There's no chance there's a letdown after the Bills game, right? After how that game went. And people say there, there has to be some sort of emotional dump after that type of thing, but everybody had an emotional dump. Yeah. You and know? It's a ghost. I don't think it's a dumb question, Diggs. Yeah, okay. I don't think I don't think so either because of the big moment, but there's emotional shit that happens. But I just think it because it's I mean, they're gonna get up to go to the Super Bowl though, right? Yeah, like in the yeah. regular yeah. season, that's definitely real. But I, I don't know if it is in the playoffs as well. The Bengals it might be more. I think it's more momentum builder. The Bengals just okay. find a way, man. It, it makes no sense. They just find a way. I don't think they're going to win either. But the Chiefs have been backdoored and not covered so many times in a situation with this number. Oh, I can't wait for. I'm sticking with the Bengals. By the way, seven and a half points. Hopefully, I, the Chiefs can't get four man pressure. That's the key. Hopefully, they well, can. But they can, pressure. right? We know that from the Bengals' offensive line that they can probably. But the Tennessee Titans' D line should have probably get a little bit more respect and more mm-hmm. probably. Giving yeah. it. Not that the Chiefs True. shouldn't, but True. I see, what, they're up like 14 maybe late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They score, go for two somehow because of the rules. Mm-hmm. And then that two-point conversion is going to be the deciding factor, whether it's six or eight. And, I mean, that is going to be – that's going to be an interesting thing. I'm with you on the Bengals. We're sticking with the Bengals. Let's get to a break now. We fucking did it. We fucking oh, yeah. did it. Didn't we? made our picks. Let's go. I got the Bengals in oh, Niners God. plus three and a half. You got the Bengals and Rams minus three and a half. Correct. When Good you, luck. Good luck to you. What Good you, luck to you, and congrats on going one and one for this one. Oh. Wow. That's what I was going to say. When you guys are on the same side, it does typically bode well. Let's pivot away from championship weekend and Royal Rumble weekend, and let's talk about the next 40 years of golf. Hell yeah. We had no idea this dude existed, and that was 100% on us. Mm-hmm. Then we seen him win the Bahama Super Extravaganza Corn Ferry Tour Championship. Yep. Bingo. Then we learned his story. This dude graduated high school whenever he was 17, two, two and a half years, became a pro, focused on golf and golf only. Now he's 19 years old, already winning Corn Ferry Tour majors. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's going to be the future of golf. Ladies and gentlemen, absolute superstar stud who we are lucky to chat with. Callaway golf guy. Ooh. Just like me. Smart. Akshay Bhatia. Yeah! What's up, dude? What's up, guys? Hey, you're the man, huh? Hey, you are the man. We just learned about you. You are awesome. I'm trying to be like you, man. No, 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 Akshay. That ain't your way. 19 years old. I was trying to get loans out <laughs> so I could go have a good time at the bar. How did you know? Uh, have you just golfed your entire life? You had a great skill. So you're like you and your family, I assume, sat down. We're going to graduate high school in two and a half years, and then we're getting right to the golf. What are we even doing college for? Let's get right to professional golf. Was that a decision that was made early in your life? How did you get to the point where you turned pro when you were 17? Yeah, I... Uh... I grew up in L.A., played a little bit of golf. My sister played and then moved to North Carolina. And that's when I started to really develop a love and a passion for the game. And I just got better and better. And I think I was 14, 13. I went into my dad's room when I was at midnight, something like that. And my dad always tells this story. But I went into my his room and I said, Dad. And he was like, what are you doing up? I said, how do I become the best player in the world? That's what I wanted to do. That was my passion. And he's like, you practice harder than everyone. You're there, last one to leave the range. You will become the best player in the world. So that's what I did for, I don't know, years. Uh, or, sorry, the next four or five years. And 
I don't know. I just, I knew what I wanted to do. My parents supported me. And now here I am winning on the Corn Ferry Tour. It was amazing. Yeah. So it's all worked out and it's really, really cool. And I'm happy to be able to inspire junior golfers and even guys older than me, guys and girls. Well, congratulations on being able to commit to something and stick with it, right? That's a talent in of itself. I assume that you recognize that in yourself and your dad did as well whenever you came in at midnight as a teenager. Like, you know what? I want to be the best golfer in the world. I assume your dad was like, holy shit, we got a guy. We got, yeah. a, we got somebody that wants to put in the work here and do the whole thing. What came naturally to you in your game and what do you think you had to work on? Because you, you, you seem, we don't know you that well, you seem tall and lanky, but you have an incredibly smooth uh, swing. Have you always had power? What do you think you have to work on most in your game and what has come naturally yeah i uh i don't know i just i love practicing so i practice i putted more than anyone in junior golf and i'd practice my short game a lot i loved it i would be out there for two three hours everyone would be on the range or people would be coming up on 18 and still see me putting and that's i felt like i had an edge uh early on like i love to do it i was I feel like I was a little smarter than everyone on how to practice, what to practice, and I just developed over time. Uh, I am skinny, I'm lanky, but I create a lot of power uh, just because I I rotate so well, which, I mean, it's pretty similar to in football that you need to have power and you need to know how the body works to create as much power and as much force as you can. So. I just developed that at an early age and being small um, as a part of that. And once I put on, you know, size and weight, I think I can, you know, I'll definitely gain speed and, and be able to hit it a lot further. But it's just, it's taken a lot of time, which is really tough because... A lot of time, you're fucking 19, dude. Relax. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. I, I mean, relax, yeah. dude. 170, 180, and I'm over here at 130 pounds. Like, it is hard because longevity is a big thing in golf and also having a lot of uh have a lot of energy for three straight weeks is is not easy when i have nothing to burn off of so uh, hey so are you gonna get on the bryson dechambeau just start housing like nine protein bars a day i've, I've tried it it is so hard i <laughs> i feel sick so i just i'll just stick to eating chick-fil-a and pizza and whatever 19 year olds <sighs> Now. Yeah, and probably some natty light in there as well. I know. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, do you feel like you you've missed out on anything because you're you've been so focused on golf? And I assume you have seen a lot of your high school friends go on and go get a chance to do other things and experience life a little bit differently. But now you're flying around tournament to tournament uh, with your girlfriend winning stuff, and you're a big star. But I assume there was moments where you kind of missed out on some stuff when you were growing up through this entire process. Yeah, I mean, I definitely miss out on certain things, but I think from an outside perspective, it's pretty cool to be a successful athlete as a teenager. And not a lot of people can say that, um, if any, you know, in golf, other than Jordan Spieth or, or Matt Wolf, any of those guys obviously have had success early. But I don't, I mean, I'm enjoying life. I get to go to the Bahamas, I've gone to <laughs> Saudi Arabia, I've gone to Paris. I mean, you can't do that <laughs> desk uh, school. So. Hey, you are awesome. Hey, you're an sure. awesome. You got an awesome mindset. Where do you think the maturity came from? Your dad, your family. Where, where do you think it? Uh, did have you always been just like wise beyond your years? You feel like? 
I think golf's been a big part of it. I mean, golf's been, you know, 80, 90% of my life. And playing this golf with older people, it really teaches you and makes you understand what being humble is and being, you know, kind to other people because you never know who you're going to meet in the golf world. I've met so many great people, successful people, and, you know, successful golfers as well that he just learn to be more mature and i think that's what this game provides me a lot of people are saying they met you dude now so that's pretty you know what i mean all those successful people are like oh i played with him when he like, <laughs> yeah. he must have been when was it? i was two years he must have been 17 oh he was 17 Damn good. it was unbelievable uh i can't wait to see your entire legacy get built let's talk about you shooting your shot on instagram for a caddy was that a uh was that a game was that you actually needed a caddy because i saw <laughs> that you actually won a tournament carrying your own bag which is awesome blue color. yeah so it's she was so pumped for me, for us to be on your podcast for stuff. She's a big fan of yours. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa. So she wasn't mad about what we Okay, good. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, hey, we're big fans of you guys, too. We love love. We love, 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 love. She was so excited. I, I'm at the golf course now, but she was like, she wanted to say hi to you so bad. Um, hey, how's it going? Good luck out there. We, we don't think you should be caddying, but hey, we, we absolutely, we love it so, out there. When I first met her, she didn't know anything about golf. And this was back last year at Valero Texas Open. It was one of my, like my fourth or fifth start on tour last year. She had nothing, no idea about golf. So I DM her. She's super pretty. And like, I wanted to get to know her. So, and she lived in Texas at the time. So she comes, she's like, what? She didn't know anything that was happening. I'm 19 years old and there's 40 year olds playing golf. And I'm in this atmosphere of, grandstands and people and she's like just out there and the first event she was wearing heels walking out there like a like a stud and um it's just funny because that's really turned into a cool story we can share now where she caddies in my first corn fairy event as a member and we win so it's just it's unbelievable it's such a cool story and something we're going to remember forever yeah and by the way we love love over here and we're by the way <laughs> You guys found love in a, in a hope, not hope, a hopeful place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, golf tournament. A lot of hope at golf tournaments, that whole thing. That's, that's a beautiful thing. What is the future there? Is she, is she going to remain your caddy? And uh, how does that work if you potentially fuck up at home, you know, or anything <laughs> yeah. like that? Uh, it was a one and, one and done. Well, she's going to caddy uh, not my next event, but the week after. But my best friend, he caddies for me. Oh, okay. He, uh, we grew up together in North Carolina, so he's he's 22, and we have such a good time, and it's fun to travel with him. And she'll caddy occasionally, I think, you know. But she'll uh, she'll just come support me, have fun. Uh, she takes a lot of pictures. She loves the social media stuff, and especially everything that's happened with her after winning. She's she's gotten a lot of publicity, so. Uh, uh, she, she deserves it, as do you, man. And hopefully you'll win in two weeks with her. You know, you go undefeated with the girls. is an <laughs> yeah. unbelievable... Oh, I'm going to have to tell my best friend that she's full-time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, a couple of the boys have some questions for you, if that's cool, Akshay. 
Yeah. Go ahead, Ty. Actually, I think it was the U.S. Open that you played in either last year or a couple of years ago. And obviously, once you start having success on the Corn Ferry Tour and, you know, you win, like, have you looked ahead at any of the majors and seen, like, which one of the courses might uh, benefit your game the most? Like, is that something you'll do at this point or are you still just, you know, you got a, a tournament this weekend ahead of you that you have to go win? Yeah. So I have I have one goal, two goals, obviously to get my tour card uh, this year. But I'm either I would love to do it winning three times on this. If you win three times on the Corn Ferry Tour, you get an automatic promotion to the PGA Tour. So that's one of my goals. The other goal is to finish number one on the top 25, and that would secure a full season on the PGA Tour. You get into the U.S. Open the year after in 2023. You get into the Players Championship, which is one of the biggest events. They call it the fifth major. So those are my goals. I don't really look too far forward into the future, um, but my goal is just to try and play as well as I can and get out on tour as quick as I can because it's definitely been a long two years to oh, get to yeah. this point, and man, it's freaking sick to to have the opportunity to to get on tour by 20 years old. Hey, try to get you one of these. You know what <laughs> I mean? Try to get you one of these out there in the golf world. Um, how did we? I used to watch Big Break, I think is what it was called, the golf. You you go to Q school and get your Q card and all that. Is that just a different way to get in there? And can you not just get an exemption in one of those tournaments and win it and then you're in it forever? Is there? There's a bunch of ways to get on tour. You can get an exemption, win, and then you have two years of full status on the PGA Tour. Let's do that. And then you have Q school, which – uh, a lot of players go through, which gets you onto the Corn Ferry Tour. And they used to have it where a Q school was to get straight to the PGA Tour, but they stopped doing that. Uh, so those those are basically the ways to get on tours. Q school to Corn Ferry, Corn Ferry to PGA, win on the PGA Tour, or you can gain enough points on the PGA Tour with sponsor exemptions to earn enough points to have a season of uh, tournaments next year on the PGA Tour. How much do we have to sponsor you to get you just <laughs> into the thing to get enough points to get you into the PGA thing, and not not just me? So my last, the last two years, I've gotten you get seven sponsor exemptions into whatever events that they want you to get, in, or they want to have you. You get seven starts. So I've gotten, I've been very fortunate to get fourteen starts in the last two years, which not a lot of players get. Yeah, well. Wow. And last year I had a really good chance of earning my card really fast. I finished top 10 in my first event of the season last year. So I was in a really good spot to get my tour card, but I still had so much to learn. I put myself in, I was leading at Pebble Beach. I was leading in Mexico. So I was doing a bunch of really good things. I just still was figuring out a lot of things. And uh, I've had plenty of opportunities to do it, but I guess it's not my time yet. And having having a win now, it helps a lot. Um, you know, mentally, mentally, the yeah. win, being able to close, being able to close, it is a big thing. You've you've had to get over how you think, or you feel like those moments are something you could have grown from. Yeah, I've just I've learned to I've learned to deal with certain situations a little better now. And the for the week I won, I was so confident i knew it was my time to win i knew everything was going my way and i just i was super clutch under the 
I, you know, one of the biggest moments of my golf career. This is, I only had four starts to get status on Corn Ferry because um, of what uh, status I had going into the, the season. And winning takes care of that. And closer to your tour car, there's so much on the line. But I hey, was just, let's go, dude. Yeah! Hey, way to get I was to- so pumped. I was, I was like, I'm going to show these guys that. I can do this. I had the self-belief and a lot of people have doubted me, wanted me to go to college, says I wasn't ready. And I don't really look at that, but I know people now are on my side, which is, it's cool. I mean, it's sick to think 19 years old, I have 110,000 followers on Instagram. (laughs) I was most excited about that. (laughs) Hey, but that brings money as well. So you're a good businessman, it seems like. So uh, you should be pumped about that. Same with your girlfriend, who I assume you guys are going to have. I love what you guys, you want, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to try to emulate you and they won't be able to because they're not going to be the same people that are putting all the way throughout the entire day and night. I mean, it's a different level there. You should be proud of yourself, man. Although you've been waiting a long time to get here. Uh-huh. You know, anytime you say that, all the uh, like the 38-year-olds and 45-year-olds that are on the Corn Ferry Tour just can't do it. And it's uh, your Akshay say he's been waiting two years. <laughs> you're Akshay saying that. It's awesome, dude. You're, you're inspiring as hell. It's funny the week after we won, we saw four wives slash girlfriends caddying. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, this will work. Yeah, this, this is why. This is the only reason. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, Akshay, since you are so young and you've played a lot of events on the tour, you're a Callaway guy. Is there another lefty Callaway guy that is taking you under his wing, or any other uh, vets on the tour that have? Yeah, Phil's been a big influence on me. He's he's become a really good friend, and I'm fortunate to to be able to be in his life and him to be in my life, it's freaking sick. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, 50, 60 times on tour, won a major last year at 52 years old. Is that a big deal? And he's just, he's brilliant. He's so smart. And a lot of people don't realize that from a, being left-handed, it's it's different the way you see golf courses. So anytime I get to yep. play with him, I see how he's playing the golf course. And it's very similar to me because we're both left-handed and we – both kind of play the game similar. We're pretty aggressive, and um, so it's it's been it's been so cool, and I'm super grateful and thankful to to be able to to be a part of his you know life. Hell yeah, he taught me how to flop earlier in the year. I'm fucking scratched now, so I couldn't even imagine getting to golf with him on the entire course. Is this the uh, is this the driver you use the Rogue ST? Dude, is the the Rogue? Did you just get it? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is the mm-hmm. rogue ass. This is a lefty too, and yeah. I'm not a lefty. But whenever I <laughs> when this thing just sat in my hands, I thought to myself, "Oh, I'm Akshay. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm Phil Mickelson. You know, maybe I need to get my wife on the bag. Yeah, maybe yeah. have her drive the cart." Maybe I'll start winning the Bahamas tournaments because that's all it takes. By the way, just put mm-hmm. the wife on the bag. Hell yeah, and you're just yeah. off and running. Just make sure she's carrying the cooler and you'll be good. Yeah, man. bingo. Hey, and the lighter. Go ahead, Connor. <laughs> yeah, Akshay, uh, Pat was just talking about it, but like, is there ever a time where these 40-year-olds are like, this son of a bitch, Akshay's going to do it again and he's only 19 years old? Or uh, are they kind of supportive of you and no. understand how like unbelievable it is that you're uh, 19 and crushing it? Those guys are super chill, and uh, I couldn't tell you how many people congratulated me after I won. So everyone's really nice. But yesterday we're waiting in the airport and we're waiting for my bags. And I'm just kind of like, I'm just kind of moving, like feeling the golf swing. And 
Presley, my girlfriend, she's waiting next to some players, and they're like, this is why this kid's going to win so many times. It's because <laughs> this guy's practicing in the airport. So <laughs> I think a lot of guys a lot of guys are super nice to me. And, um, you know, they know my story's different, and they support it, and they think it's really cool, and they keep me in a different perspective if I'm not playing well. Uh, it's cool, though. Yeah, really well, cool. your story's cool, man. And we can't wait to see what the cool future looks like. Feels like you're going to be on tour here by 2022, I believe, oh, or yeah. 2023. Uh, so we're excited to be fans of yours. Thank you for stopping by. Good luck with the rest of your day. I assume you're going to work on the course right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I finally have some time to do it. But what are we working on? I don't know. We'll see what my coach says. <laughs> oh, really? You, so you're a full-time coach? Always been your coach? How long has he been around? He or she? Sorry. So, I've had a few golf coaches, but we've been working together for five or six years. But the last two, three years, it's been just me and him. And he's like my second dad. He is, he's amazing. He, he can communicate with me like no one other. And I, I really believe that him and I together, he's been a big influence on the success I've had the last two, three years. He won't admit it. Because he'll tell me I'm the one hitting the golf ball, but he's really had a big, big influence on me, and he uh, he's a man. So hey, how come he, how come he doesn't caddy? How come people's golf coaches don't caddy for them? He's okay. Well, he's five five, and he's whoa whoa whoa. whoa. Oh, 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 hates small people. Wow. Akshay hates short people. Whoa. Akshay <laughs> saying five five too small to carry a bag. <laughs> whoa. I make fun of him all the time, but. He, he, <laughs> Like he's short and he's he doesn't weigh much, but he hates caddying. Like he despite he does not like being on the bag and um I don't know. It's just he's caddied a few times, but it's hard for him because he has a family and he just he's never really even home. He's teaching from eight a.m. to seven p.m. So he'll he'll come out to a few events and. Um, I assume but, that, hey, I assume that 11-hour uh, lesson in class day is going to change here. Probably 2023, I think, if yeah, I heard. Yeah, yep. 2020, <laughs> I, I think from what uh, from the schedule that I heard, but it sounds like he loves it. Uh, we appreciate you, man, so much for stopping by. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I was pumped to be on this podcast. Y'all are, y'all are the best, and I've listened to a lot of them. So it was cool to shout, y'all shout me and Presley out uh, last week. Well, let's let's continue to do that. Yeah. Okay, Let, let's continue to uh, you know watch you win in these big Hell moments. Yeah. Win the Masters, you know, yeah. win the Masters, <laughs> on, dude. Win the Masters, that'll be awesome. And then the Players' Championship, yeah. I mean, you go ahead and win that one. Go out the Phoenix. Oh, the Phoenix oh, Waste Management. Oh my God, you're going to be beloved out there. I know. I'm. I'm thinking if I get into that event, Presley's going to carry the bag there. <laughs> Smart. I mean, that would yeah. be electrifying. And then, how about whenever you get in the Ryder Cup and just, oh, oh we got the guy again. USA. Hey, hate to break to you. We had the guy for a long time. We got the guy again. Yes. Oh my God, it's awesome. We appreciate you. All. Hey, Charlie Woods and Lil John Daly, though. You know, they're out Look there out. knocking. That ne- How about this generation of your age golfers? Do you know a lot of them? Or you're going a different route so you don't get to experience that as much? I I know some of them, but not not as much as I used to. I know Little John. I played golf with him a few times. He's a good kid, really good player. And then I've never met Charlie, but I know he's going to be a great player, obviously, having Tiger's <laughs> dad. It's pretty hard not to uh, – know what to do (laughs) but 
Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I know a few guys, but I don't really pay attention anymore. Yeah, it's just your world. Hey, folks on your world, put those, you know, blinders on. We can't wait to see where you head to. We thank you so much. Good luck at practice today. Ladies and gentlemen, future PGA champion, Akshay Bhatia. Yeah, All right, that's the show. Can't thank you guys enough for watching, listening, interacting with us. Hashtag PMS Feel Good Friday. If you tweet the correct final score of both games this weekend, you will be entered for a chance to win $50,000. Thank you to all the guests this week. Let's enjoy these last few football games, huh? Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on Overreaction Monday. Cheers.